Tis the season. Footy and Frothies is back for a uh, off-season catch-up beers between Chrissy and New Year's. Hope everyone's doing really well. Hope Santa was good to everyone. Had their fill of Frothies food and uh, frivolity over the festive season. Uh, that's enough F's for one show. Joined this st- on this occasion. Blah, 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 joined by Ollie and Barney to uh, look back on some of the news of the last few months since we've been away and discuss what's going on in the world of rugby league. Ollie, we'll start with you. Uh, how was Santa and uh, what's the news, Bunny? Yeah, haven't been up to too much. Just sort of the standard Christmas day. Saw family. The old man was actually taken ill on Christmas oh, day. So it was, it was bedridden. Nah, came back negative. He got a COVID test. He's He's all good. Um, but um, at the moment, um, regular viewers, at least of the YouTube clips, will notice I'm not in my usual space. I'm actually dog sitting for my sister and her family while they go away for the week. So I've been here since Christmas night and I'm going to be here till New Year's Day. But um, it's a nice, nice big place. And um, yeah, just sort of hanging out, uh, working each day. But um, got the dog to keep me company, currently asleep in the lounge room. Other than that, not much. Anyone looking for orgies? Do you want to give out the address? Pardon? <laughs> All right. Barney, how are you? <laughs> move along, move along. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah, mate, going real good. Been um, in the pool most days with the little one. Um, they're full of ham and prawns and beer, and there's 16 hours of cricket on the television every day, which is um, makes my missus real happy. So, <laughs> But, yeah, other than that. Same old, same old as you do most Christmas. Go and see all the family, do a bit of running around and spend some good time and have some laughs with the friends and family over this four days that I get off and then back to it. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, no, pretty much same as as you just said. Ticked all the family boxes, kids had a good time. I think most of them got more presents this Christmas than I got in about 10 years of Christmases growing up, so (laughs) they've done all right for themselves. Um, Everyone's good and well and safe so far, so... Uh, hopefully that trend continues for all of us and um, we're not catching any pandemic-style diseases or anything that's going to put us out of action for too long as we head into the new year where we'll be back uh, pretty soon, quite regularly. But we just thought we'd catch up over the... Well, I've got a bit of time off for a beer and a chat and a reminisce and just talk about the scandals and signings and all the news that has come out in, that hasn't been covered enough in in the last few months. And well, it hasn't been covered by us anyway. At least by us. So just to be able to catch up and touch base where we think the season's heading, uh, maybe just change our compasses slightly from our bold predictions and um, head into the new year. So uh, any before any of the, we get to the obvious stuff, Ollie and Barn, anything crazy that um, you really want to touch on of the news stories of the last uh, several months? Well, you've hit a couple of your predictions straight off the bat. So, <laughs> yeah, what were they? So, I've already won. Well, Mitchell's gone. Yeah, Mitchell's gone, and there was another one. Wasn't the other one straight away? Cheese to go somewhere, wasn't it? Was it cheese to sure? roosters? There was. I think there's three I've got already. You have. We'd have to go back and have a look, but <laughs> you I seem think, to be on the mark pretty early. I think that within a week I nailed both of them, so that was good. Uh, so I'm taking that as a no, Ollie. Unless there's something you're just We'll put it talk about. All, all the stuff I'm gagging to talk about per se. I well, think you won't is... give out the address, so, you know. We'll... <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I think it's all pretty much the stuff we'll be covering in the episode. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's just tick off as we go. Uh, I thought the easiest way to keep us all in some sort of 
some sort of pattern would be just go team by team and uh, touch on the, the news and signings out of each one. Uh, for, at an NRL level, though, the Daily Telegraph has reported that one of your suggestions, Barn, is on the cards that they'll change to a pair, a six, a, a ruck infringement, I should say, will be a penalty in your defensive half and six again in the attacking half. Uh, you've proposed that quite early in the piece, actually. You think that um, you're happy with that change? I did at the start of last year, yeah, after a couple of rounds, because I, I just don't like the way that they basically just slow the slow the play the ball down in that 20-metre space when you're trying to get off your own line. Most teams, if they were given the opportunity, I guarantee you they'd take the 30 or 40-metre kick to the sideline and then play on down further downfield. So, well, the biggest, I, the biggest really blight like in it, it is the uh, giving away the six again on the first tackle to set your line. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you're copping 40 metres... You're going to cut that out pretty quick. I think, yeah, I think you see a lot less of it, to be honest. Uh, and you're quite happy with the attacking side of it. Yeah, no. The, if, if you've got the roll on in there, um, in the attacking half, you get you want to going to you're going to going to want to keep playing the ball, aren't you? So um, yeah. there's no point shutting the game down and kicking for touch if you're in your opponent's half. You just uh, roll on and take the six again and keep going. So. Well, well, unless you want a different, given it's a different penalty, the two points. Oh, but someone takes his head off or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie, your opinion? Yeah, so at first I was a bit opposed to this, but then Barney actually put in our chat that we've got um, the reason as to why. And I've sort of come around to it a bit. I still sort of think that in terms of, because, right, it's the set of six was brought in initially to sort of make the game faster, make it a more appealing product. And I guess in the sense of making it a more appealing product when a team is in their own half of play you sort of want to give them that advantage so they can move the ball upfield you know teams with the ball in the opposition half it's more exciting rugby league there's more tension you're sort of more likely to see a try and if you've got the six again rule in your own half then there's more of a chance that you'll make a break in play and we'll get one of those lovely just about length of the field tries try of the year contender etc but as Barney's put it, in, in the sense of the game itself, it does make sense. So I just think you're going to see a lot more set plays and stuff as well because you get down the other end, you've got the opportunity to use the entire back line. You can put your set plays on. Whereas if you're getting a six again in your own 20 metres, what, what opportunity do you have realistically apart from ruck it out and try and make 20 or 30 metres in the next two or three tackles? Yeah. You know? I, I, I know su- what I'd rather watch. Mm. I, I suppose it's it, it depends on the teams and how they react to getting the six again and how quickly they react. If they were to hypothetically react quickly before the defensive line could get back, you've got gaps in play. There is then the opportunity to break the line, and that's when I, yeah, I'm talking about sort of the breaking play. It obviously would not happen all the time, but that's more of an attractive feature, if you will, to, to make the game, I guess, a more entertaining product. In that way, again, it doesn't necessarily benefit the product of rugby league itself, more the entertainment value. I think it's sort of it's a catch twenty two because also if if the teams aren't piling four blokes in there and slowing the play the ball down, they're going to be struggling to get back and set their line as well. So if they're actually staying off the ruck, you're going to get the opportunity to spread it wide and go around them from your own twenty. Yeah, so. the the two times it happens predominantly are on their their own defensive line. Keep they try, they um yeah. they pile on to try and slow down to concede it. They're happy to concede it on the third or fourth just to set a full line, or on like I yeah. said on the opposition uh, line where they're happy to concede one to set a full line and try and keep them down there. So you take one of those off the table, uh, 
I'm okay with it. It gives you also the bigger, a sneaky, um, not a sneaky, but a, an added bonus is the complaints about the no breathing time. They, the kick down field will give everyone a you know, second 20 breather. second yeah. breather to grab a bit of water and reset the, you know, not a ton, but it just breaks the, it probably takes, what did they say last year, 58 minutes out of the 80 were ball in play. It probably just brings it back down to 55. Um, which they say counts, so that's probably one of the bonuses. I'm okay with it. I, I'm still wary of it becoming a bit too much rugby union, but we'll see. We, so far, we've treaded that line okay. So I think you'll see a lot of them hold off, to be honest. It'll be more one-on-one tackles down on the opposition line rather than piling in on the ruck. But. Well, it's, and the thing is that you take that off them, it, it just solves a problem in the game more than anything. They'll just um, like I said, they'll they'll have the one and two chases uh, and um, try and set it set for the try second and, and third again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which gets a you know, again slows it down a little bit and gets us back to traditional what it's been for the last fifteen years. Uh, any before we get into the team by team, Supercoach prices are out. We, we're going to do a preview in January, basically. But off the top of your head, from your quick look, any surprises? Anything that's caught your eye? Uh, to me. I think it's a it's a rough a rough pricing period to be honest with you. There's no <laughs> well, one I'm going to off my initial thoughts, which I'll study properly. Like I said, when we do a show, is that uh, there's a lot of players I might have been excited about that are priced higher than I probably expected, and there's no one I want to just go. Yep, we're going to snaffle him up straight away just yet. I think Oliver Guildhart's going to be pretty popular uh, around a two eighty mark, and possibly Jackson Hastings. Uh, I think he's about a similar price. Um, Probably going to have to find one or two more cheaper players than what you did last year, to be honest. And by the looks of it, yeah. they've put the whole because the salary cap's gone up by about ten percent, but every player seems to have gone up by about twenty five percent. Yeah, so <laughs> it seems like it's going to be a little bit harder. This it's year. going to be some hard work early, and I would be quite looking at some of the the transition to the big scoring CT dubs uh, and fullbacks in the last couple of years has been. Uh, pretty significant, and I can see many, many of them dropping a lot of money quite quickly. You're going to struggle to get many of that top twenty into your start. Yeah, you, side you're looking start for one, you. basically, and then um, trying to find a couple out wide, which you know we'll get there and find a couple. But uh, without time to study, is there anyone that's caught your eye significantly? No, not realistically. Um, McGinnis. If he was to come straight back in with the scores that he was putting up before he got injured, yeah, but coming back from ACL is very dodgy sort of proposition for anybody. So he's realistically, you're probably going to want to wait and see for about um, a month or so. There's a few of those fringe second rowers that should be good value that we've mentioned many times last year, but I realistically I haven't looked at footy at all since we we um, no we just took a break from the podcast with so. uh, with zero build up or study. So hey, here we are. <laughs> You're getting our raw first opinions. Yeah, a lot of the time the right opinions to be honest, but um, fair enough. Yeah, a couple like your Tyrell Sloans, uh, even your Jaden Campbells that you might have got excited about are just that little bit too high to. They're not quite going to be your first choice fullback, and they're too expensive to be fullback too. So yeah. it's a very interesting, be a very interesting uh, start to next year. I'm uh, sure, over the next week or two, we'll have some good in-depth chats about it. We'll, we'll have a good look at it. Yeah. So we'll be able to give you some more information in a couple of weeks. But yeah, I haven't looked at it at all, to be honest. Uh, the other, the other, I guess, big news is Channel Nine have extended their free-to-air rights until 2027, I believe, uh, on a significant deal uh enough to make everyone very happy 
uh, as well as Foxtel retaining what they're going to have. They, they'll be the same forever. Origin returned to Wednesdays. Um, so I'm quite, I don't quite know how what that means for the draw. I don't know if you know more, Ollie. Uh, I assume it'll just pretty much be similar. Uh, and uh, 2GB as a result will have exclusive rights, I believe, to the Radio 4 o'clock game, yeah. which they I think was the other way around last year. They had called the 2 o'clock game, and Triple M did the, the 4 o'clock. So uh, I believe that is all to come for the next few years, which, you know, I'm fine with, whatever. Anything on that, boys? Yeah, it's Channel 9, at, at least, are uh, going to look very different within this next period. I think it's till the end of 2027. Basically, the reports are that Channel 9 want to appeal to a younger audience. Um, Peter Sterling's obviously going. The reports are, it's not confirmed yet, that Ray Rabs Warren will not be calling the NRL next year and his final call will be Origin 1, so he gets to 100 Origin calls. Yeah. Okay. Erin Mullen obviously no longer reporting on rugby league. I think she is a, a fine reporter, but I think that the new role she's moving into is a lot better for her. I didn't think she was the best rugby league reporter exclusively. What's she doing? Sport? What is she doing? I don't know. Uh, she's just doing the sport report. Oh, just uh, a newsreader. Just the, that day. Yeah, right. but I think it, she was doing anyway, and I think she was fine at. Um, so I think that's good for her. In terms of the scheduling um, the only real difference is, is that because there's no Sunday origin anymore, we don't get that sort of Tonga Samoa test and Fiji PNG, I think it was every year, mid-season. And I know a fair few people in international rugby league have been sort of blowing up about that, that we don't get international rugby league. Who schedules that? Is that an IRL thing or is that an NRL thing? It's can, in can, conjunction. Can IRL just go and just schedule it anyway? Or it's all basically... It's a partnership type thing. Yeah. Okay. And it's sort of the NRL's idea, spearheading it, and the IRL approves it. But the thing is, Andrew Abdo's come out and said they still want to prioritize international rugby league, but they want to do so at the end of the season, which I actually think is probably a better fit. Give it that sort of between October, November. Obviously, there's a World Cup at the end of the year. That'll be the international period. But year on year, I'm happy to see Australia play their two to three tests. Um, in October, between October and November. I actually think that's a better fit. Well, I imagine the Anzac test will be back on the, on the cards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. the Anzac test will always be um, in that sort of early May, late April period. But, yeah, I have seen some people blowing up, saying it's the NRL against International Rugby League, et cetera. As of right now, Andrew Abdo has come out and said International Rugby League is still a priority. It'll just take place at the end of the year, which personally I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah whatever. That's fine. Yeah, it sort of makes sense. You might miss a few, obviously, that are going on for surgery and stuff at the end of the season. But, um, yeah, the, the clubs are always sort of re- reluctant to release them halfway through the year anyway. So, And that Oceania Cup competition that started in 2019, um, that Australia won and they were awarded the trophy when they lost to Tonga, that's an initiative by the NRL in conjunction with International Rugby League. I believe it was actually Peter Volandis who put that forward to the International Rugby League. So we could get the sort of the island nations in Australia actually playing for something at the end of each year. So as long as that continues every year, there's not a World Cup I'm fully for it. And I hope we actually get that at the end of every other year. And I think it'll be an entertaining product. And I think it'll actually sort of enhance International Rugby League in a way. So, and that's the NRL behind that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh any other thoughts, Barn, or any of that? 
no, I think you only covered that off pretty well, to be honest. Uh, and I think it covers the main news uh, at a at a at a I guess national level, for lack of a better term. Uh, so we're getting to the team by teams. We'll go. We'll kick off with the Dolphins, actually, who are the new kids on the block. Oh well, apart from the other rumor is apparently the want or push might be for the 18th team when it does happen to be in New Zealand. Uh, I don't know if that's changed since, but... Yeah, so apparently the reports are there's one outlet, and they are a New Zealand-based outlet, that are reporting that the NRL wants a New Zealand-based team. Would that be on the other yeah. island, or would that be uh, two in Auckland? Either Christchurch or Wellington, they're saying at the moment. Well, the bid that I've seen is the Wellington Orcas, <laughs> and their jersey actually looks pretty good, to be honest. Is I've it black seen, and white? And um, the bluey green, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> The, the thing is, though, I don't know. Since that report's come out, you've had your Fox Leagues, your Channel Lines, et cetera, come out and refute it, that the yeah. NRL – well, that the NRL's undecided. They're not favouring anyone right now. The thing is, is that I believe it's at the end of 2023, the current TV deal in New Zealand is coming up. Who's that? Was still with Sky or is it, did they change? Still, well, still with Sky at the moment. That's the yeah. thing. The TV deal's coming up. Apparently – one of the conditions for Sky from 2024 onwards, if they are to resign, is that they want the 18th team to be either Wellington or Christchurch. You now, can understand it because you'd think they'd want to put in a little bit of money and they'd want two games a week, you know? Right. Exactly. And it does make sense from that point of view. But from the very limited people I know who are rugby league fans in New Zealand that I've spoken to, every single one of them has said No to a second team in New Zealand. And the article I wrote in response to that New Zealand-based article, there were Warriors fans and people based in New Zealand saying it would be a bad idea to have a second New Zealand-based team unless it was a second Auckland-based team because other than Auckland, no one gives a shit about rugby league. Let's be like, and in Auckland, rugby is still the dominant sport. You've probably got a bit of a, a football slash soccer fandom in Wellington because of the Phoenix but other than that, they live and breathe rugby union. Mm. And that will realistically never change. So there's a, there'd be a scoop, wouldn't it? 2025, yeah. Wellington come in, Captain RTS. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like if you do it, if, if there is going to be a second New Zealand-based team, genuinely you would have to have a second team based out of Auckland for it to be viable in any yeah. way. Because it's they play yeah they played them out smart but they have that one game at Wellington that sells out every year is that right? I'm not sure if it sells. What's the out one every... they take out that the, 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 but apparently it does quite well once a year. There's one where is it? It's at for, I know the stadium name Forest Bar Stadium. Yeah, I think it's Christchurch. Yeah, it's right. usually Warriors versus Bulldogs. They do take a game to Wellington. I'm not sure if it sells out every year, but I know. I the might one be thinking of the. I might be thinking of the one you just said. I can't see it being a bad thing, to be honest. I, I know you say you might not get the numbers out. I think eventually they will. Um, the, New Zealand's almost as sport mad as Australia, Australia is anyway. Um, there's a crossover between rugby and rugby league. Um, like It's a bit different here. We just don't really... Australians don't seem to follow rugby union much at all. But over there, they, they seem to uh, enjoy both sports. So I, I, can't, I can't see it being a bad thing. Oh, rugby is so much bigger than here. The rug- rugby union in Australia is dead. And, and it that's has the been since 07. Yeah, j- just to sort of add on, 
obviously we see a lot of the Australian rugby, right? That's what we get exposed to. It's not that great. I've seen little bits of pieces of the New Zealand-based clubs and I get it. Rugby union in New Zealand is like completely different to the product that we get here in Australia. But that's part I, of the culture. That, that's, like, that's, like, um, that's like growing up in Melbourne and following yeah. AFL. Exactly. To me, yeah. it's all garbage. And But when you're brought up to be told it's good, well, you accept it for being good. Um, anyway, let's get to the Dolphins. Yep. So the big news so far, first signing was... Well, obviously Wayne Bennett, which we covered off, but Kafusi, uh, Felice Kafusi, was the uh, my uh, the not icon. What would be the word be? Marquee. Uh, marquee. That's the one. The marquee signing for the year. Uh, Bennett was quite happy with it. Copped a bit of scorn for it being a lower level one, but he is an Australian second row and an outstanding footballer. Uh, Jermaine Izarko since signed Ray Stone. Actually, Ray Stone, I think, was technically number two. Number two, yeah. Then Izarko, uh, since they've added Michael Roberts, Vaughan Tiaware, and Harrison Graham, who are all uh, schoolboy rugby league players. And there was a story on Fox League saying that they're looking to offer Herbie half a mil to get him from Brisbane. Okay. So that's where they're at. That's There's been no further. They've missed on RCG. Can't say missed. Uh, RCG, Paulo, and Reed Marnie were all rumoured at some point. Uh, didn't happen. As well as the Cheese, who uh, we'll get to later. Uh, where are the Dolphins at, Barn? Do we take any out of it just yet, or is it is it all all happening too soon? Oh, well, they don't need to bet anything down for at least six months from now. So um, I think they would have liked to have had another four or five blokes signed up so they could have basically say, here's half the squad. And mm. But it, it comes with, um, they need a big scout. They need someone that's going to attract four or five guys just to, that want to come and just play with him. You know, Kafusi might get two or three, but they need a big name somewhere in that spine. So Is Ponga that one? It looks from what I've heard, that's where that's the talk. But yeah, it looks like they're happy to offer going as close to one point two or something preposterous to get him there. But then that might get down the road a Connor Watson and a. Well, you saw what happened when he went to Newcastle. He ended up the ended up with Mitchell Pearce going there, Clemmer going there. um, You know, like he he attracted quite a few people that followed him up the the highway there up to Newcastle. So. I'm going to jam in my cheap plug. Go for it. Yeah, tomorrow I've actually got a, a rugby league, in my opinion, little podcast piece coming out, the top 10 targets that the Dolphins should try to sign. Nice. But what I did with it, I stuck to the rules that we actually stuck with uh, when we picked our 1-17 to 17, probably yeah. six months back. And that was the rule that we can only go with players who are off contract at the end of 2022. And I actually compared the two podcasts Probably over half of the players who were available then are no longer available now. So Gutho, that was Gutho, Weed. Uh, I think Herbie's still obviously still on the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hodgson, etc. Now, I can confidently say, with all due respect, looking at the list that I chose for this podcast that's coming out tomorrow, there are no backs that we would call marquees. Mm. The best back currently available for 2023, Dylan Edwards. And I think he's a very good player. Um, I'm not necessarily sure, Marquis. There are a couple of Fords still out there, but that's the thing. Um, Let's be realistic here. Players are going to 
move clubs early. They're going to get releases to go to the Dolphins, player options, etc. But let's just say hypothetically the Dolphins were to stick to the players coming off contract at the end of 2022. They're not going to have a very good first season. They will be pushing for players to get releases from their clubs. Oh, absolutely. You know the interesting one... I was going to say, like, you know, the interesting one for the Dolphins may be if they get desperate, uh, once Dewey's fit and all the rest of it, might be Luke Brooks in a year's time if Hastings comes in and uh, starts running the show. But um, jumping the gun a little bit there, uh, I think I, I'm thinking they probably do need to try and land Ponga, to be honest. And it sounds like Ponga's quite happy to go in a way, unless it's Jerome Hughes. Well, Ponga's got that player option as well, and I think Hughes does. I know Ponga does. Um, Ponga will probably end up there just because of the player option, I think, because that that's really what they're going to have to be banking on in terms of marquee signings. Good players who have got that player option for 2023, because otherwise they're going to be able to build a solid four-pack. And realistically, but- if, all right, so if they get six months into this year, Newcastle have won two games and Ponga's bouncing between 5'8 and fullback, and yet you've got the chance to be the highest-paid player in the game, are you going to say no to it? Exactly. And, and you know what? This is, I guess, how dire it is. Four of the players were spine players, right, that I, I selected um, out of the players available at the end of 2022. The fullback was Dylan Edwards. The 5'8 was Cody Nikarima. The halfback I had to go to Super League was Blake Austin. That is really stretching. And the hooker was, was decent, Tom Starling. But the thing is, right. I feel like if the Dolphins are able to build a solid spine around him and get a couple of stars in there, I don't think Ray Stone is actually too bad an option to start at hooker for the Dolphins if they invest heavily in other areas of their spine. Funny. If not, then you do get in a, a Starling or someone of that ilk, a, a Verrills. But, yeah, I think he's fine if you can invest in other areas. And, Bun, you've at times been number one fan club of Ray Stone. Um, I think he's a, there, great, well, a, a fantastic signing. There were a couple of games came in. Yeah. But he's obviously not marquee. Uh, yeah, would you be looking for someone I don't specific? think he's a starting hooker, to be honest. Um, I can see him backing up and playing 30 minutes or something like that. Um, I think he'll end up in the back row. Mm. Is he starting um, back row? I think eventually he is. I think he will end up in there. Um, he's a little bit small, but he you know, hits like a truck. Chris Hyington sort of back rower. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's got a little bit of ball skills, but I'm not sure his passing game off the deck is as good as you need out of I don't think you're going to get the service out of him as a nine. Um, you saw the way in the grand final. Obviously, he just ran out of gas in that game because he made 50-odd tackles or whatever it was and then started putting balls down and dropping it out of dummy half. Um yeah, I'll, I'd be very surprised if he, he doesn't end up in the back row and they find another nine, to be honest. Well, I've sort of heard, again, light rumours. I think I've heard it reported once that the Dolphins, the reason why they've got Ray Stone for 2023 is to sort of settle on him for 2023 but go all in on the wizard, Harry Grant, for 2024 does that seem like something viable to you guys or should they really be focusing on this first season? Well, wasn't their first um, signing a young schoolboys kid that played Queensland? Yeah, Harrison, and... yeah, Harrison Graham. I believe. Yeah, so he, um, give him a year or two. He supposedly he's a gun and uh, Michael Roberts is a gun who's James Roberts' brother, I believe. There's raps on right. him. Yeah, so Harrison Graham won the, I believe it's the Colts in Queensland, the equivalent to Jersey Flake here in New South Wales. 
playing for Wynnum. I believe they won the comp, and I believe he got player of the year in that competition as well. So he does have... I'm pretty sure he got um, man of the match in the State of Origin series as well, or player of the series or something for the juniors. So there's obviously a bit of talent in him. Depends on how they want to invest in him. I'm just looking at um, courtesy of Zero Tackle, who do a good job, uh, the 23 off-contract players. DCE's on the list uh, at the moment. Um, as is someone I just saw, but there's sort of those a lot of those forwards like your your Luke Garners, your Josh Alloways, your uh, Mitch Barnetts, even so that are those second level forwards that will fill a nice yeah you spot. Bulk, you um, pull your yeah, bulk out your pack. Dylan Brown's still around. Dylan Brown's on the table. Um, big season for some of these players. We're probably getting a little bit bogged down. Probably people are probably getting a bit bored half hour and <laughs> listeners prognosticate something that we don't know about. Um, but what we might do is off the top of your head, I was just thought I'd just stole this from another website, Blayton. Um, <laughs> not the one I just mentioned. But uh, something that there's been put up is one if you could have a wish list for one player to fix the each club next year. Without very little to none notice, which is what you're getting right now, we might we might throw one out as we go through each club. Yeah, what, what each club might need next year and who might be that fix if you had a lot An of instant fix waiver wand and yeah, they and just fix turn that. Up. Yeah, maybe Absolutely. maybe a, a, a magical one and maybe a realistic one might be a fair way to put it. Okay. Um, for the Dolphins, do you have one? Is Ponga that for all of us? Oh, it looks to me that, well, that's really only their viable option. If you said DCE is off contract and he is interested, he's probably one that could go in there as well. But Prior to 2021, I say Cam Munster, but when Pong has been on the field for the past two years at least, it's got to be him. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. I, I think they just need to land one. And from all reports, you get him, then suddenly you might get, yeah, like I said, Connor Watson, and you, 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 all of a sudden... You're often often uh, often racing, as they say. Brisbane, let's get up to the Broncos. So all the off-season mail is quite good out of Brisbane, from what I've read. Uh, Ethan Bullimore's gone to Manly, which is interesting. We'll get to that later. Uh, Jesse Arthurs will be on loan to the Warriors, and they've signed Pereira on the wing. Uh, another target for the Dolphins was Selwyn Cobbo, I believe, but I, I'm not sure if he's re-signed just yet. Uh, I assume they'll be wanting to... Get him snaffled up because once he sheds his baby fat, he could be a. We saw just glimpses last year, and then we saw it in the uh, lower grade final. What he's capable of. Um, Brisbane seemed to be in a good spot. Uh, I'm quite happy to say that, given who's arrived there, all of Reynolds has been appointed captain. I believe is that right. I don't yeah. think it's it, it's not official yet, but every other candidate has come out and said they think that Reynolds is a better option. Yeah. So it's going to happen. Uh, Capel's turned up and is quite happy. They're getting Carrigan back. Uh, everything looks good for Brisbane to be on the, on the upward ascent, I think. So, yeah, for once, good news for Brisbane fans. Barn, any any thoughts on that? Oh, Reynolds should be a, a massive signing for them, um, as well as Capel. Uh, Capel does a lot of that dirty stuff that a few of their forwards just didn't seem to want to get too involved in at different times. Over the last two seasons, if I had a magic wand for him, I'd be looking for someone like um, Harry Grant or a um, you know. I really think they need a top class hooker that would get that get could get that forward pack moving and um, link up with the with Reynolds and the back line. So I think that the number nine is probably the position that they need to fill more than any other. 
Ali? If I had to, well, first of all, I do have the Broncos finishing eighth. So I do have faith that they will improve immensely this season. My magic wand, though, would be James Tedesco. <laughs> I, While I agree with Barney, I feel like they could definitely improve at hooker. I feel like they could also improve at fullback. Jermaine Asako, who they sort of had at fullback as well last year, uh, I, I would say is a better centre and winger. He's obviously off to the Dolphins. Um, Tessie Nunu looks to be the long-term fullback for the Broncos. He looked all right towards the end of the year. I, I'm just not sold completely yet. I have to see a full season of him at fullback next year. But at the moment, I feel like they need a bit of coverage there. And still, personally, even though Tommy T had an amazing season in 2021, I go consistency over a prolonged period. And for me, still the best fullback overall in the game is James Tedesco. So here's my magic wand for the Broncos. Fair call. Uh, I am just looking through their list now. Uh, get Their forward pack is going to be sensational next year. They're going to have a really good forward pack. Uh, magic wand wise I agree it needs to be someone in the spine uh, and probably wish they had of I think the cheese would have been big for them people was never on the table but I'll throw it out that uh, he would have been just a just a the fly, the fire start of the years at Melbourne um, that they need because there's those games where they were in how many of those games last year we say they're in the game and they just had no idea what to do but you have you put Reynolds in there and then you put someone like a cheese and that can just ignite the rest of the back line and, and, and bring alive your Katonis and your, your Selwyns, which um, Katoni getting a lot of early ball. In, I wouldn't be in a rush to put him into 5-8 next year. I would probably let him have four or five, six games under his belt and carving up some of those shitty edges out wide. I haven't looked at, We haven't even talked about the fact the draw's out. I haven't studied the draw. Uh, I assume you blokes haven't really either. There's no one you think really advantage, disadvantage, but we know how bad some of those edges are, and if Brisbane going to roll and stags as 10 tries after six games, well, they're going to be up there. So I'm saying a, a really good hooker would be what Brisbane need right now. We get to uh, the Raiders. So it's official Nick Kotrick's heading down there from Canterbury. Uh, they've signed Adam Elliott on a one-year deal. Uh, perhaps a, so both. Uh, well, thoughts on both of those boys? Sorry, I missed that. Kotrick and Adam Elliott heading to Canberra. Yeah, I think they're both pretty good signings. Canberra, to be honest. Um, I don't know what happened to Canberra last year, to be honest. The, the way that they fell off a cliff from the year before, or even two years before, was um, stunning, really. Um Elliot will add something. I don't know. He had a pretty poor season last year too. So it was <laughs> terrible. Could, so they could go either terrible. way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but Kotrick, I think, will be better back at Canberra, um, back where he's, you know, that's where he made his name. He seems to fit into that system. He'll get a bit more ball than what he was getting out there at the at the Dogs. So I think he, um, he'll slot straight back into that Canberra side and add something. But, yeah, so Elliot could go either way, realistically. Well, my thoughts on those two signings are that neither of them are as good as the Fog, Jamal Fogarty, who, of course, is also <laughs> heading to Canberra, which um, I'm torn about, uh, at least as a Titans fan. I think it's a step forward for the club as in they're bringing for Toby Sexton, which I think is the right move. 
but I still sort of think they should have partnered him with Jamal Fogarty as opposed to getting rid of Jamal Fogarty. But in terms of Canberra, I think it's really it's a really good move for Jack White. I think the move to get Fogarty actually benefits White more than anyone because without a game controlling half next to him, he is nothing than someone who should be playing either at lock or in the centers, in my opinion. And he will be free to run the ball with a game controller there with Fogarty. So I, I, I sort of feel like that's Canberra's best signing, not necessarily for Fogarty, but for their star man, the 2020 Dalian medal winner in Jack Whiten. Uh, we'll get to Jack Whiten. Uh, just a couple of things. Ryan James has gone to Brisbane, which I didn't mention. Uh, he, I imagine, would be just a handy for, uh, reserve forward up Bench there for them. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, Caleb Aitken got released. He's off to the UK. Bit surprising. And Bailey Simonson. I believe it's a bit of a surprise, at least in Aitken's sense, because I think we talked about it um, on the show. He was doing well at fullback. Like, he wasn't doing anything wrong. During that bad period for Canberra, he was arguably their best player, at least for a couple of games, but then sort of just... We don't know. It was never confirmed whether he got injured or what happened there. And now he's off to a second-tier side in the UK that'll probably get promoted next season because they've signed a bunch of NRL players, which as a bit of a side, I think a lot more NRL players are actually going to go to the second division over Super League if they are going to go over to England just because there's no salary cap in the second tier. That's the thing I'm noticing. But with Caleb Bacons, yeah, I definitely do think it's a waste. Um, he, I think he still deserves his shot at NRL level. But with the emergence of Rapana as a fullback, the flexibility of Charles Nickel Cook star who's coming back can play in the centres or at fullback, it's still probably a wise decision for him to move on from Canberra, I think, at the very least. And with Ryan James... Well, we saw how much Canberra valued him when they loaned him out to the Bulldogs towards the end of 2021. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to miss him too much, although I think he was solid for him. He didn't really meet expectations at different times of the year, Ryan James. Um, but I am surprised that they let Caleb Aitkins go because I thought when he was playing fullback, they actually looked like a better team. Um, and that would give you the opportunity to push Kotrick up in, uh, not Kotrick, Cook start up into centres, where I think he's actually a better player in the centres as well. There's a few question marks about his defence, but I think ball in hand is much better with um, only two or three lines to run. And that leads me to my magic wand. As you mentioned before, it'd be either one of the two, the best two fullbacks that are running around, and it'd be obviously. Um, Tommy, but I think actually Tedesco would probably be a better fit just because he would help um, coming in and around the back of Whiten and he could do the ball playing that Whiten doesn't do. That we mentioned just about every game last year. So oh, the irony I of think, Tedesco going to I think he would be a fantastic fit at fullback for Canberra. I'm going to put the cement that irony you're talking about, Daggy, and I'm also going to go with Tedesco. What a world it could have been. We were in that world for about all of two weeks mm. when Tedesco had in um, Canberra. Do you ever get a realistic one? Too hard a question, maybe. I'll, I'll let you go first, Barney, because I think you're a bit of a quicker thinker. They'd probably grab um, someone like Kennedy could do the job. You saw what he did at the Sharks. Um, mm. You're not going to be paying massive money for him. I wouldn't want the Sharks to let him go, but um, he would be a realistic fit that someone, you know, he could do a bit of that ball playing and he's quick enough out of fullback to do, you know, he's not going to do a Tommy Tedesco or... <laughs> He's not going to do a Tedesco job or a Tommy job, but he'd, he'd do a job. Do you have a realistic uh, – not realistic. Uh, what are your thoughts on Fogarty at, 
I think he's, I agree with everything that um, Ollie said, to be honest. Um, he's going to give them that game control that they just did not have at all last year. They had it for two or three games when um, the uh, the English fella was there and he played one or two half-decent games, but then he fell off the edge of the cliff, obviously fighting with um, Ricky and all the rest of that that went on at different times last year. Want, but yeah. they absolutely need a game-controlling halfback in that team. I wonder if... Uh, it, it... If they could wave a magic wand, whether they'd go back in time and try and keep George happy and yeah, and, quite and, possibly and get through that. Uh, one bloke on this list that's off contract at the end of this year that we mentioned when we did the show that the Dolphins should chase is Harawira Naira. I think if he got to, I think if Bennett might be the bloke to get the best out of him because we saw we saw he where he was red hot for about six games last year, and then as soon as they got a sniff of the finals, it was he just disappeared again. And got sent off, which didn't help. And then, yeah, took, took the old mate's head off, which wasn't pretty. Uh, but. but there are a couple there. Uh, you know, even realistic magic wand, you know what they need is A-grade Jack Whiten back, whether mm. that's at centre or whether it's six. I assume it's because he's going to start at six. Uh, but uh, if Fogarty does give them that game control and they keep Whiten's game simple and he can run the ball, hit the holes like he can do, uh, we saw what was about like around 24 and 25, he tore a couple of teams apart. If you can turn up and do that, then they're in the game. It's got enough forward pack. Uh, and it be an interesting year for Canberra. Very interesting because they could finish anywhere from 3rd to 13th. Um, we get to the Bulldogs. So obviously they've released Kotrick since we last spoke. Uh, Asiata has decided he doesn't want to get vaccinated. Somehow he's got to the UK and uh, got a contract over there. Napa's gone overseas. Uh, and it looks like they're going to sign Lumi Lumi in the uh, coming weeks. Alrighty, so, uh, yeah, quick break there, and uh, we're on to the dogs as discussed. Uh, Barn, big year for Trent Barrett to probably have to stamp himself, as we've Absolutely. said many times. I, don't, I think if they don't get within the sort of top 10, he might be looking for another job in 2023. So. Yep, Oli. Yeah, well, as I've documented many times on here before, if the dogs finish ninth or above, I'm pretty much, can I say it, fucked. Because <laughs> I bet with a mate who's a Bulldogs fan who's convinced they're going to finish top four, that I have to get a Bulldogs logo tattooed on my so hang ass. On, so that, we've talked about this. That is top four. You have top, to no, that. ninth or above. I, I said that to him because I'm so confident they're not going to finish ninth or above. Oh. So Should have made it to uh, uh, Well, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, and the thing is, too, it's not even the current one that they've got that's not ha- half bad. It's the one before that. It's the one, you know, when they won the comp in 04, just the fucking weird bulldog's head. And yeah. it's, it's that one I've got to get specifically because it's the worst one. But anyway, so I'm praying to Jeebus or whoever's up there or wherever, whoever is, just, yeah, don't finish there. But I'm pretty confident they'll finish 12th. Uh, I don't think they're a bottom four side. Wouldn't be surprised if they still finished bottom four. But... I've got them 12th at the moment. They've got to improve this year. Last year, they made a bunch of signings too, and they actually regressed. And that's the little worry for me. It's all good making all these signings, but they have to gel. I believe in the first four weeks, they've actually got a hard draw relatively, as in it is realistic that they could go 0-4 to start the comp. I think I was joking about that to my mate. But um, I think there will be a period, at least in the season, what I'm predicting is that I'll be very scared that this will come true because I do feel like sort of that mid-season around origin time, I don't think they'll have too many players plucked from their squad. I think they might go on a 
a three to five game run. But other than that, I don't see them being too threatening and at the end of the day, finishing 12th. Now, this is the first time the 2023 chat will come into this, which will happen a few times in the teams. Kick out Reed Barney heading there in two years. Is that the time or are they going to be what they're going to be? I think that's probably the time. And I feel like to, in a weird way, stick with what you've got now and just bring them two in to sort of help the squad in 2023. Don't go on another well, big Obviously, they, they would want have. to have the foundations in place this year. 100%. If, they, if, they, can finish, if they can finish, to your detriment, fifth, with those two coming in, they'd be very happy. Uh, if they, I think if they finish ninth, they'll be very happy. I think so too. And that's the important thing that you bring up, Daggy. Setting that foundation this year, the most important thing for the Bulldogs isn't necessarily making the eight or anything like people are saying. It's actually by the end of the year, showing some actual chemistry between these players that they've brought in with the current squad. I think that's the important thing because that's the thing they missed out on really in 2021. And that's why a lot of the players they brought in as talented as they were flopped in that first season because they weren't necessarily given that time to gel. And I think that's going to be the important thing in 2022. And once they've got that in place, bringing in two extra players shouldn't hurt that much. And they'll, they will have a set system and those players will just sort of conform to it. So, yeah, that's the most important thing for this year. The Bulldogs, no matter where they finish, I think it is building that chemistry. It's a big year for – it's funny because just look at this list. It's a big year for all these players because all these players have a rep. They're big signings. They have uh, – and they've been signed on that rep. So your TPJ, your Addo car is now going to be exposed for lack of a better term. Uh, to see what he brings, whether he can be, if he might end up as full-time fullback. Your uh, Matt Dufty is going to have to bring something to the table quite early. And as I've said, the coach has to bring something to the table. Uh, Barney, what, and Matt Burton especially, because there was games, obviously there was games he won for Penrith last year. There are also games where he went missing for a very, very long period until he managed to get a right foot step on someone and crash over the line. Particularly when he was in the halves. Well, especially when he was at six. He was a fantastic centre, and in a centre I would be happy to have, more than happy to have at any club, the way he's transformed himself. But I thought he, I felt he went missing a couple of times when he was the controlling. He also won the game a couple of times at six, so I can't be too hard. But it's a biggie for all of those players, Barn. And, and have you got any further thought on how that's going to progress this year and what the coach is going to display this year? Although... They got bashed in the middle. Let's be brutally honest about what happened to the Bulldogs. They just got flogged in the forwards pretty much week after week. The only bloke that was earning his paycheck was um, Josh Jackson and the rest of them were on occasions. He went missing a little bit towards the back end of the year as well. Um, but they've, they've, they also didn't sign any forwards. They, they did not sign any forwards at all. To be a guy? <laughs> no, last season. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so leading into this year, they've got Tavita, they've got Paul Vaughan, who should, you know, add a little bit. Another um, one who going quite well before. For, like this, this is a marquee team for for big years for players. Hmm. Well, he was going quite well last year, I thought, hmm. until you know he got booted for the COVID restrictions and the barbecue that happened. But um, if he can bring that kind of form with Tavita Pangai on an edge, um, they need a controlling halfback. Um, 
they went with Flanagan. He wasn't the man for them for whatever reason. He didn't, I don't think he was given a realistically given the proper opportunity that he should have been given. Uh, with someone like Dufty, he's probably not, uh, with someone like Matt Burton, it's probably not a bad fit to slide him back in there. But whether they do that or not, I'm not sure how they're going to go there. Um, a lot's going to come down to Matt Burton and how he can control this side and how he can get him around the field. Magic Wand stuff would be DCE. Like DCE would be a perfect fit for this team, I think, mm. um, as a controlling number seven mm. who basically, if Burton's having an off day, he can just run the whole show himself. And that's pro- pro- probably what they would need. Um, you've got Josh Adokar and Braden Burns are both quite good finishers. Um, Adokar is one of the best in the world if you give him the right, <laughs> give him early ball and a half a gap to go through. So realistically, there's gonna they're gonna win. They should win a lot more games than what they did last year. But as I mentioned in our pre pre shows, um, uh, as previous shows, I think a lot of teams are gonna. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams that go up and down and I can't see them finishing in the top eight, but I, you know, around 10 to 12 is somewhere where I think they'll, they're, they're end of the season. I'm not sold on Barrett. I've said it. I said it all last year. I've said it before. I saw what, you know, what he did with that manly side. And then, you know, he had some success at Penrith and they do credit him for some of the stuff that he's done, but he was, um, he was realistically was, they had they just didn't seem to have any game plan whatsoever, and that comes back directly to the coach, as far as I'm concerned. So, well, I'm going to make my that I'll, I'll make my magic one Trent Robertson. <laughs> Fair squad needs Robert. <laughs> Fair call because he, 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 mm. he give him a squad with dead set six Origin players yeah. and a bunch of kids, and he'll make something of it. Whereas, make or break for Trent Robertson, he's now three stints. Three stints. Uh, in. Yeah. He hasn't created any. His uh, rep was he created at least halves at Penrith. He's done zero. He, all his halves went backwards last year. Uh, Flanagan, so I'm just looking at this. Flanagan on four, allegedly 450. Corey Allen, 500. Luke Thompson, 800. It says 1.9 there, 1.6 there, uh, that potentially they'll be looking to offload by the next year. Absolutely. Yeah. So we said that. I can see, especially end. now with Gus there, and they do have Gus. Mm-hmm. got to say they do have Gus, so they've got someone there. I can see them starting to go, you know what? We just don't want you anymore. Go explore your options. Uh, as particularly Luke Thompson, because it seems like that male is all around all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Flanagan, they've already shown that they don't want him. There's another 450 or something on top of I could six 800 or whatever Thompson's on. There's 600 in Josh Jackson, which wouldn't surprise me if he goes somewhere, but he'll get picked up straight away. He was the other one, and it's, it's not quite a magic one, but... If I'm someone like the West Tigers who still have 800 to spend, I'd snaffle Josh Jackson for two years. Absolutely. And just fix one edge. You put him on one edge, you say, right, your job is to tackle. <laughs> He's done it pretty well for a long time. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, so if you could get Jackson and Thompson as a package deal, you'd be cheering. Well, I feel like from my understanding is... The Tigers caught... Cool. I uh, think they caught, couldn't they? I'm pretty sure yeah. if they wanted Thompson, they could have had him, but they didn't want... But Bulldogs basically said you can pay the whole lot. Okay. Yeah. But that could – it's a bit of the domino thing we might get to later. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you all. Let's move on from the Bulldogs. But I think, I think you know, realistically they're going to be a 10. And I think by the end of next year there'll be a lot of bubbles burst. And I could almost see Barrett's job 
in some trouble by July. Well, just quickly on Barrett, it's funny you bring that up, but I won't name them because they brought this up off the podcast, but um, a friend of the podcast who's had connections to Penrith before, um, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but it was pre-COVID actually revealed to us that all this, pretty much everything Barrett was getting credit for was actually Cameron Serraldo, mm. which is just something interesting. Well, Serraldo, and we talk about Magic One, Serraldo, I believe, wanted to honour his <coughs> contract for this year. So he, he actually is someone who's on the table. Um. He'll be a first-grade coach eventually. Come well, he was the head coach with pretty much all those young guys that are coming through. Yeah, he was the head coach through the 18s, 20s. If, if what you read in some uh, Fairfax media is to be believed, if Tigers could have got Seraldo this year, Madge would have been out of a gig. Wasn't uh, wasn't he an option at Cronulla for a little bit? Yeah, before? he was. On, he was on. Well, they were chased. They inquired, but he wanted to honour his deal, which he has, and he's still at Penrith. So. I don't but blame. It's a matter of time, absolute matter of time. But I think Barrett might be in some strife if that because there's so much expectation, rightly or wrongly, there's so much expectation, and I don't think he's quite. God bless him. He seems like a lovely fella. So go to him, you know, the colonial, all the rest of it. Uh, but I'm not quite sure he's a full time first grade coach. Um, yeah. I- yeah, just to prolong the Bulldog show a little bit, though, to quickly throw in my magic one, I'd actually go Nathan Cleary, though, just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually thought of it when you brought up DCE, Barney. Arguably, I think there's two other players that you could say maybe are ahead of him, arguably the best player in the world. But not only that, not only do they need an out-and-out game-controlling halfback, he's got the connection with Burton, he's got the connection with Brent Naden and all the other Panthers, like Kikau is going to end up next year, there next year as well. Barrett is the coach of the club. For me, that would just make the most sense. Obviously, very much a magic wand. We I'd might be very surprised. We, we might drop this chat because all we're just going to do is go Tedesco, Turbo, Cleary, every club. So, um, Let's do that. Or DCE. So we might save that for it. We might just move on from it because you're not, wrong, you're not wrong, but like obviously any club is going to be fixed by adding one of those five blokes in. Well, how about we just pick a position that needs fixed? Yeah, we'll why don't we just go, say right. we're the problem. Yeah. yeah. This is their biggest problem. And maybe someone who's fixed. not in the top 10 players in the game. No, no, don't worry about a player. Yeah, we'll just, just pick out a yeah, position. That's fair enough because I feel like we're just going to say Tedesco, <laughs> Turbo, Cleary, Latrell or yeah, pretty Payne much. Haas. <laughs> so, Payne Haas, yeah. so when I said there could be two other players, well, possibly you could argue a better than Cleary. How did you know they were Tedesco after Boyevich? Yeah, so I think that's just a bit, pick a position we think needs that, that's the most a, Yeah, attention. that's a bit of a boring. Yeah. We're a bit, we sound a bit like fucking Fox Sports <laughs> after a while. Um, <laughs> let's get to the Sharks. So they've signed Oregon Cavusi from twenty twenty three. I feel like we might. I might just skip straight to Parramatta because there's a little bit of this flowing through it all. You know, they're one of the biggest stories, but Parramatta. So in two years' time. We oh, have, well, fuck you. <laughs> no, coming back, but the first one is Kafusi. So, Oregon Kafusi, someone who we've all, we all like. Uh, Jay, Ryan Madison is still a question mark. They haven't committed to him yet. Keegan Hipgrave's retired. Blake Ferguson's gone. Will Smith, gone. Reed Marnie's going. Uh, Mitch Rain's come in. Bailey Simonson's come in. Josh Hodgson's come uh, in 2023. He's coming in. They've re-signed RCG, Gutho, Paulo, uh, Nia Kore, who we're big fans of, is going to the Warriors in 23. So there's been the ex- the exodus. 
Where are Param at and all the chat of BA and how they're backing Bear to the hilt? They've rightfully copped in the media, uh, but it's easy for the Sydney media to bash Para, the Tigers, and whoever else because that's what people click on. Where are Para at as a club, Barney? Uh, and is this is their window now closing? They've still got 12 months to make the changes because all of those signings that you mentioned aren't going to happen next hmm. season. So but they're still going to have those guys there. But eight games year. in, at least one of them will go. You know More what's going to happen. Yeah, well, yeah, Warriors will start going. Oh, can we have Nakore earlier? All right, blah blah blah. Uh, there's but more good. to that. So Ray Stone. Yeah, there's more. Of, you know, whoever. So where yeah. are Para at? Um, well, realistically, they've got six months to work out what kind of cash they've got and target the um, positions that they need filling, which is half of the back row and hooker <laughs> and some other bits and pieces, but. They're going to have to do some serious wheeling and dealing halfway through the season to start um, shoring up that squad for next year. Otherwise, yeah, that window will shut. Um, as I said, they've still got time to do it. I, I still think they're going to be uh, they're going to be they're going to push most teams in the comp next year. They've still got a squad there, unless they all just throw uh, throw their toys out of the cot. Then I think they're still going to be very more than competitive. They're probably going to be more competitive than most sides running around next year. So. It's very interesting because this, if they're legit, if they, if they say what they if what they say is true that they're going to sit down and make a pact that this is their year, well, I would argue they should have beaten Penrith in the qualifying final. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they did beat uh, who they beat Melbourne. They beat them twice during the year. Yeah. They beat did Melbourne twice. The they should have beaten Penrith, uh, and. Mitch Moses, I was going to say Mitch Marsh there for a sec. Mitch Moses came back, <laughs> uh, apropos, came back from Origin and looked a level above. Yep. It looked like he'd finally just worked it all out. If he comes into this year and becomes a Nathan Cleary level player, well, they're on and they're hot. If they, there's two ways going to go. They could come out, three ways they can go. They can come out and be the Parramatta they always are and be undefeated at round 12 and then finish six. They can come out. And just be a very, very good football team and win, or they'll go to shit very quickly, and four blokes will walk out the door, and be a, probably be out of the job by the end of the year. Uh, Ollie, which way is this going? This might sound a little harsh, but people are saying it's just the last year of their premiership window. Rah, rah, rah. I thought the last year of their premiership window was 2020. I did not see them as a viable contender for the premiership in 2021. Even that game against Penrith, I'll be honest, I know that they beat Melbourne twice during the year, but I would have put my house on Melbourne to win that prelim final if they if Parra had made that prelim. It, it, it's just how it is. It Melbourne were a class above. But anyway, I still don't see that. I see them as less of that viable uh, threat to the premiership this year. I still think they finish about sixth, seventh. I think this is probably they're not trying to save their status as a premiership contender anymore. Like uh, a lot of the media are saying they're trying to save their status as a final consistent finals team, which I think they still can and they will finish in the finals this year. But the key component now is no longer Clint Gutherson because he sort of dropped off a cliff towards the end of 2021, which understandably he has done for the past couple of years, but never to this extent. The interesting thing was Mitch Moses actually continued that sort of climb even after he'd re-signed. There was a couple of bad games there right after he'd re-signed with Para, but he found his feet again. And I really respected that. I've been very harsh on Mitch Moses, but 
if he can come out, and I believe he's still capable of a near Nathan Cleary level, if he can, then at the very stretch, he is the last hope, if you will, of maybe scraping a premiership in 2022. But I don't think it's happening. So, yeah, teams have to fall over before Parramatta ascend, you think? 100%. No, I mentioned at the start, I think they're still um, going to be quite strong. I think they might actually be a touch stronger than they were last year. I think a lot of it will come down to what they do do halfway through the year, whether people end up walking out the door or if they if they get a, and one or two big signings halfway through the season for the year after, that's going to boy, you know, the, the guys that are still in the squad are going to get up at, probably going to add a little boost to them at the end of the year. But their forward pack's as strong as most in the comp. They surprised me last year. They actually went a little bit better than I thought they would. Um for the majority of the season, they do have a tendency to fall away at different times, but I think they're as good as probably the top four or five in the comp. So, is there how much of their now we've seen it a bit, and you see it through through Supercoach or other medium? How much of uh, what of their falling away, that little flat spot they seem to have um, before the finals, is on Gutho cooking himself early? It seems to me that that's now a regular pattern; it has been for three years. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with that. That's the thing too. When he falls away, a lot of the team falls away. There was genuinely about a three-week period there. I think it was sort of the start of the Queensland bubble. Um, And he's recently re-signed and he's put in a good effort. And this is no disrespect to him, but their best player week in, week out was genuinely Makatoa coming off the bench (laughs) for about a three-week period there. Nothing against him. He's a decent player. That that coincided with them playing Papali off the bench and... That, yeah. Like that's when it yeah, went yeah, weird. Exactly, but yeah, that's like how, how does it come to that level where a player? Well, who's this is what I understand. How, like it's the same in like that final they lost. Why was Paulo and Papi sitting on the bench with five to go? Do you remember that? I think, yeah. I think Arthur's out of options. I gen, I think at the end of this year, Brad Arthur's contract's up at the end of this year, and if the way I'm predicting Parramatta season to go goes that way then I think maybe, and it's nothing against Brad Arthur necessarily as a coach. I just think maybe he's reached his ceiling at Parramatta and it is beneficial for both parties to part way. I think maybe at the end of this year, Brad Arthur might leave. Does he become unemployable or does he go somewhere else? I I, I don't think he's unemployable. I feel like he still has something to offer at another club. Hell, he might go to the UK for a year. I'm sure Leeds, Wigan or St. Helens might need a new coach and he'll win a couple of comps over there and come back an even better coach. But I just feel like this partnership's coming to an end. With coaches and a team, it's not necessarily that either are bad, but there does come a point where it goes, okay, we've sort of reached our ceiling as to where we can get here, which I think with Parramatta is a consistent finals team. We sort of want to go to that next level. Maybe it's time we part ways, especially with it being the end of his contract, and we see where we go from here. I feel like when we sit down to do our actual preview show, I will put para four or five and I'm probably okay. happy to, I'm happy to stick Reed by Barney that I'm saying in two years time they're in a world of trouble yeah. um, but a real world of trouble and that trouble could come early if they turn up three weeks in and all the forwards go fuck we would rather be at our depends how these. yeah that's right depends yes. how these blokes that have if, signed if, elsewhere if Madison Papihi Nigakore and Kofusi will turn up and go this is our last year boys we're in Sweet. If they all say we don't want to be, we'd rather fuck off now. They're fucked. It, 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 it's A or B. 
It does speak to something because you don't have that many players all just up and go together at the same time if there's not an issue there. But if Reid Marnie plays that um, semi-final against Penrith, I think they win and this conversation is completely different. Yeah. And maybe they all stay. Maybe they win a comp. and Quite possibly. I agree. And we said that in the review and I would agree that, yes, they would have because um, Stone and Smith's service was awful that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any final thoughts on power, where power at? Well, and Josh Hodgson's going to now give me 33 going there. Like, that's... I don't necessarily think that's a bad signing. He, he didn't have the best 2021 and he's injury prone, but he realistically had that one bad season. I, I don't like to put too much into a player having one bad season. Sure, he's not a long-term option, but... Maybe at least for 2023, he could give them something. But after that, you have to go for someone else. Look, we were talking about maybe a position we could give for teams to improve in. I'm not just going to go the forwards. I'm going to say the second row in particular. I think Parramatta are going to have to improve because at the moment in 2023, their top second rower is Sean Lane. And no, no, but yeah, well, that's two convos because this is a little bit where, where both sides of the fence because 2020, you can't really bag their back row, but 2023, of course, you can. Uh, yeah, I, I know, but in, in terms of the improvement, I, I would still go. Right, the... let, let's set more rules. Let's go 2022. But I know what you're saying, 100%. 100%. Because okay. okay. Matt, Madison's probably going, let's be honest, because I feel like he would have signed by now. Uh, so you're going to lose Puppy, Madison, Niakore, Kafusi in one blow. And well, for me, go. it's the six. Absolutely, well, the six. Will Smith about, was yeah. well below par last year. And what about Dylan plays, Brown? He was worse. Oh, sorry, Dylan Brown. Fucking <laughs> Will Smith. <laughs> fucking Will Smith. He shouldn't be getting the game to begin with. But anyway, oh. Dylan Brown was well oh, below where he fucking... He was well below where he should have been and where he has been in previous seasons. And if he was up near his top, um, they would have been in the top four, I reckon, at least. Well, they were in the top four a good, for a good part of the season with him playing like a busted for half the year, so... My magic wand for Parramatta would be the Morris brothers. <laughs> Two defensive wingers who don't rush off their wing. They would have won there. Yeah, they would have been minor premiers last year. Uh, and, and it's, you know, we talk about, it's my new favourite line apparently, but big years, but Rudd Rudd has now been massively exposed. You'd think logical teams in a kick behind turning around. Oh, the other one, the, the shitty Rudd Rudd. <laughs> Rad Raja, actually, Rad Raja will be a magic wand. Uh, He's living so, the life, Rad Raja. Oh, living in France, <laughs> eating croissants. Let, let, this whole thing's a fucking shambles. Being with French women, That's winning good. World Cups for fucking whoever he plays for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mike has sure. been massively <laughs> exposed. <laughs> and, uh, wow, that's embarrassing. Uh, and, yeah, two, you know, the Morris boys on both wings would probably be massive for him. Definitely wouldn't hurt. You just did that twice. <laughs> yeah. I, I take it Ken Irvine wouldn't be too bad for him either if he was on his prime. I've got to ask Trevor about that one. All right, so let's get back to the Sharks. So, yeah, Kafusi's heading here in 2023, which sparked this whole rigmarole. Billy McGooley is heading to Warrington. He's gone. He had the pen through him two years ago, and it's official. Uh, and uh, who else have we lost here? Barney, who else we lost? Will Chambers, oh, Will Chambers gone to Union. Will Chambers Dugan's retired. Johnson's gone back to New, uh, New Zealand. Yeah. So, Chad's already gone to the Cowboys. So you feel like Teddy Bear's gone to St. George. You're feeling in a comfy spot? 
I'm pretty happy with what they've done, to be honest. Um, the three main signings that everyone's been talking about, obviously, is Finnecane, Hughes and um, McInnes. Uh, they are pretty much everything that I complained about all last year, which is a soft middle. Uh, the defence in the middle is just hasn't been good enough for probably two or three years recently. And um, those guys can tackle, and they make a lot of tackles uh, between Finnecane and uh, McInnes. And then Nico... Hopefully, um, I don't know how he goes running aside because he might need some help there with Trindle being his halfback partner by the looks of things. But um, he should add a bit of spark to help this back line. And um, as I mentioned before, Will Kennedy did some nice things at the back end of last year. So I expect them to jump back in the eight. I don't realistically think they'll be pushing top four, but I think they should be somewhere between that eight and four position. This podcast really has gone off the rails because for a moment there you said Hughes instead of Hines, which would have been an amazing signing for Cronulla. I think they were talking to him at one so point. Hughes, did I? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nico I'd, I'd love Hughes as well. So I'd love to pretend he signed with my club as well. But yeah, Hines, obviously, I wouldn't say just I as good. I thought you said Hines. No. I thought I said Hines. Originally, originally uh, they were right, okay. in there. It, it got, he went, who Hines? It got, it got me excited well, because I love Jerome Hughes. No, Corey Hughes. I think you said Corey Hughes, right? That's who you were referring to. <laughs> um, there's a young fella called Kay Dykes. I'm, I'm not sure if that's um, Adam's son, but he might be it, someone coming through playing no, seven I, in I, the I, next couple of years. I'm better sure he is, yeah. Uh, and uh, you've got Ikevalu on the other wing loving next year as well. So Yeah, well, we've already got some pretty good wingers there, mm. so I'm not sure if he'll get a starting spot, but yeah. Um, he, he definitely good player, so they might push him into the centres even and play him as a centre um, with uh, Ramian on the in the other centre position. So there's some good things to look forward to, I think, for the Sharks. Uh, there's still a couple of question marks around their uh, the second rowers edges. Uh, you've got Wade Graham, who's consistently getting knocked out recently, so there'd be a big question mark on how he pulls up through this season. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm quite excited actually they should be back to where they've spent most of the last 10 years it's somewhere between eighth and fourth so and yeah. who knocked them last year anyway <laughs> i'm giving a, i'm saying it's a big year for fitzgibbon obviously putting his reputation oh, online and yeah. getting quite a quite a decent squad an exciting squad if talent across the park uh who could they use i, I would say someone like a josh jackson instead of wade graham and graham's mm-hmm. probably ready for retirement and and God bless him. One of my favourite players the last 15 years, really. But uh, one too many head knocks, let's be honest. And someone who can come in and just replace him and put on those shots is exactly what they need. I think they do quite well. I think they're in a good spot. I think you, you summed it up. They're going to be somewhere between five and nine. Mm-hmm. If they play really well, maybe more than that. Uh, they still probably need a quality six. I need a seven, yeah. Or seven, I wherever, think Nico's more Nico. of a six, to be honest. Oh, yeah, um, I'd agree with that. So I think they need a world-class seven. And so, they'd be a premiership contender, I think, yeah, with a so world-class seven. Let's, let's all just sport. go, obviously, Cleary would help that team quite a lot. Hughes, <laughs> <laughs> um, even? Yeah, so I've currently got Cronulla's six. What I will say about them is I'm not necessarily saying they have the best players pound for pound in this area. But on their day, Cronulla's two to five. So both wingers and both centers can match up with any wing center combination in the competition, especially towards the end of the year, how I saw them play. Ramian, Molotalo, as well as well as especially. I know you just did, but somehow you made your microphone sound much better than it was before, but hold on. 
Well, I have that effect when I'm talking about Barney's mighty up-up Cronulla Sharks. But um, I, I'm really excited to see what they bring in 2022, especially as well Will Barber Kennedy, how he backs up from that breakout season, whether he has second-year syndrome or not. I'm banking that he doesn't. I think he is a class player. And it goes to show how good he is that Cronulla are entrusting him with that fullback role when they've signed Nico Hines, who was one of the best fullbacks for a little while there when Pappenhausen was out in the competition in 2021. Obviously. And, and that's a funny thing because if they're really desperate, they can turn around and just put Nico back to one and be pretty yeah. comfy. I feel like as well, it would have to be a case of Kennedy having that second year syndrome. If he plays like he did in 2021, I feel like he still cements his spot. But again, they need a halfback. And at the moment, players off contract are scarce at halfback. There's no one really who's a game-controlling half. So I feel like Cronulla will sort of have to bank on someone who is trying to get a release from their club to join the Dolphins who misses out in the end and they sort of go to Cronulla. That would help them out a lot. But again, also a second row because not only is Wade Graham obviously now very injury-prone, they've still not wrapped up Nakora for 2023. No, so I feel like the important thing is to get a second rower in there as well, uh, regardless the 2022 or 2023. But yeah, I think sticks and I'm pretty confident they'll make the eight. They do still have Matt Moylan. <laughs> Talakai is off contract too. It's a big year for, it's a big year for Talakai. It's a big year for Nikora. It's a big year for Ham Newelli. It's a big year for Royce Hunt. These four, we thought they were going to be Origin well, players. I barely played a game last year, um, well, unfortunately. Two years ago, we thought they'd be su- all of them were going to be superstars, mm. and uh, they're not. So, I agree. I think <laughs> this is the year either they break out and they cement themselves as first graders, and we go into 2023 saying, Cronulla, I've got this great young pack, or it's going to be the year where Fitzgibbon says, uh, you can look elsewhere. I need to find some people. And it seems like <laughs> with Fitz, the Roosters it, it looks like, yeah, Fitzy's very honest about telling people their shit. So good on him. Uh, we head up to the Gold Coast where they've signed Will Smith, your man, next year. Aaron Booth, Paul Turner's coming in as well. Uh, Ollie, you've lost Fogarty. Sexy's going to be in charge of the team. It looks like Brimson's going to play six. You've got Jaden Campbell at one. You've got uh, the best prop in the game. One of the best locks in the game if he plays there, although he's probably going to be starting prop as well. Plus you pick up Isaac Liu. Where are you at for next year, Ollie? I think the Titans just missed the eight. They're going to be in the hunt for it, but I think with teams improving as well, I don't think the Titans have improved as Which much. Which teams as- are – actually, let's – look. come on. Which teams are actually going to improve next year? Possibly Canberra I'm a bit worried about. Cronulla have improved. Brisbane have improved. And yeah, I've got I think they're the two. They're the only two you can legit say. They are the two, and it's going to be enough to knock the Titans out, the out of the eight. The Roosters will win the comp, let's be honest. But with the Titans, though, they're still going to be in the hunt. I wouldn't be surprised if they just made the eight sort of similar to this year. But at the moment, I do have them just missing the eight as well. Look, uh, Campbell and Marzu should kick on from last year. But again, it's that second-year syndrome. I want to see a full season um, of the... Have we heard... What was the go with Marzu at the back end of last year? Was he dropped or was he... Injured. I don't know, but all of this preseason, there's been pictures coming out that he has bulked up heavily. So I don't know if he's actually um, sort of looking to cement himself as a centre because he has bulked up a lot. He doesn't look like he's a good player. Your bog standard winger. I think he's going for one of the centre positions, and I'm happy with that. A big, strong, imposing centre. 
And the way he's building himself, I think maybe one or two years, he'll probably end up in the second row. Just the way he's building himself. Look, with Sexton and Brimson, it genuinely could be a single swim because Brimson's played in the Harvard before he's done well. Sexton coming into his second season, much like a Campbell and a Mazu, it is swim, uh, sink or swim. Thing is, too, with Brimson, let's be honest, he's a talented player, but he is very injury prone. If he goes down early on in the season, gets injured and is out for the rest of the year, it's all on Sexton, pretty much. So that's a worrying sign for me. Look, the four pack is still. He was good when he, he was. Was super impressed by sex in the games he had to run the show. hundred percent. Yeah, I, I'm just a bit worried if he's there alone. If a Brimson was to get injured, I think Brimson will help him out. I'm just a bit worried about Brimson's health, etc. Look, the Ford pack's great. We didn't necessarily need to sign Isaac Liu, but I'm not going to complain about signing a Ford from the Sydney Roosters, who was consistent week in week out. Um, I'm happy to have him in there. It just makes that strong forward pack a bit stronger. And I'll be honest, if the Titans are to make the eight, it's going to be heavily on the back of the forwards with a Campbell, Marzu and Sexton sort of chiming in, adding their stuff and Brimson as well. But at the moment, I say ninth, just miss the eight. Fine. We, we had wraps all over Holbrook as a coach back end of two years ago. Last year, was it jury eight or you think he's, he's still a great coach? Yeah, I think um, his stocks might have dropped a fraction, but not not too much, man. I think he's still pretty much where we'd placed him uh, two years ago when he first kicked off. Um, Aaron Booth is, interests me. Um, Melbourne don't seem to let too many young forwards go, so uh, whether he continues to um, impress or whether he goes backwards, I'm not sure. Um, not a lot generally doing uh, get better when they leave the storm, but they seem to have a pretty good system up there at the Titans at the moment. Uh, what does worry me is Fogarty and Peachy. Uh, Peachy was relied on quite a bit as to be an X-Factor player or a backup half when they needed him. He had, and, a, he, uh, he had a sneaky good year last year, didn't he? He did. He had a really good year last year. One of his better years, I think, yeah. since, um, since since he left Penrith when he was in white-hot form and mm. went up there to uh, the Titans. And Fogarty, I think, is a big loss. Uh, I realistically, as you mentioned, I don't understand why he wasn't playing with Sexton outside him in the six. And why they didn't throw everything they could to keep him, but um, they've gone the way that they have. Uh, they've obviously got Sexton. The plan is for him to play seven with somebody outside him, which looks like it might be Will Smith at this point. Well, I was going to say, um, is Will Brimson Smith a centre or a six? Brimson, it'll be Brimson to start the year. I think Holbrook I think Holbrook's confirmed that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll be playing um, centre or he might even be the 14 at the start of the year, but don't be surprised at some point of the year where if he's starting six... Um, yeah, not sure. As you mentioned, Brimson sort of seen, he's been in and out a fair bit over the last two years, so um, at least it gives them a little bit of cover there. But uh, I think they lose a, a bit, lot of structure with Fogarty going out of that team. So I'm with you. I think they might just slide out of the eight. Um, I think they're they're young fullback. He could be anything. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing how um, how he comes up through the next twelve months. Uh, realistically, they they need, as you mentioned before, the the Morris brothers wouldn't hurt. Have a, have a, I'll take the, the wingers and centers that don't rush out and leave massive big fucking holes for people to score tries through. But yeah, nah, I, I think they'll have a fairly solid year. Yeah, like, and as a Titans fan too, uh, sorry to interrupt. Although I have them dropping out of the eight this year, I'm, I'm still buying in to I guess building to a consistent finals team. But I just feel like this year in particular they will drop out and uh, it, it's not great, but I'm sort of fine with it. 
And it's just because those younger blokes do have to prove themselves still. Like Campbell still has to prove himself. So does Marzu and Sexton. That's a, those are the three. If they can prove themselves this year, then who knows? You build around them for the next five years. Maybe there's a premiership long-term, but we've still not seen them for a full season yet. I, I can't see them going backwards. I think they I think they finish eighth, seventh or eighth. Uh, I think you've been a little bit harsh on them. I, I'm going to back... Campbell to be something a bit special. Uh, halves, I, I think Sexton did enough. It was, I know though, there is that back end footy thing of the year where they might have been cleaning up some teams that weren't that good as well. Uh, the, the, the main thing was getting it learned. Like wake up and realize you got the best prop in the game, the best. Like you got three of the best forwards in the game in using properly. There was too much chopping and changing for me. Uh, so if they get that right, throw Liu in there that maybe gives them a little bit more, map, or a little bit more balance. Uh, Magic wand wise, Cameron prob- Smith. God damn it! Hundred percent. Uh, I was, was going to say, hundred percent. If they had a, if, if obviously if they had Cameron Smith, they would be a, a very good team. But a, a very good game controlling hooker is exactly what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't have much more to add. That's exactly what they need. I hope AJ does well at six. Not sure. It's very interesting just looking through the list that only AJ and Tina are on long term contracts. Whether for it's in whether Fafita can command what he commands in a couple of years, don't know. So lots to play out, you know. Oh, but I think, given the state of the rest of the comp, I think seven or eight is realistic enough. We had to Manly, where uh, they've signed Ethan Bullymore for next year, which came out of completely nowhere, and is a player that I quite like. So that's a good signing. Uh, they've let Gazwowski go to the Dragons, so I don't have to use his name. Somewhere else. And Kate Cuss go to Warrington, which is a bit of a surprise. Uh, Wigan. Wigan. Oh, Wigan, sorry. Well, just on Kate Cuss, he's my early prediction for Man of Steel, the Daly M over yeah, there. Right. I love Kate Cuss, and I feel like he should uh, – injuries have fucked him over a fair bit, but I feel like he should have been given a bit more of a chance in the NRL because I feel like he was something special. Yeah, I can't say uh, he was the most surprising thing over the offseason, but I was very surprised to see him go. Uh, where are they at, Barn? They obviously keep the the big guns. I think, isn't it basically what you see is what you give Manly? Manly's kept the option for Cade Cust as well. Um, basically, if he is to come back, Manly get first shot at him. So I think the fact that he's behind DCE and um, Foran at the moment, don't be surprised if next year when Foran retires, he comes straight back into that Manly squad at some point. But um yeah, Tavita Funa is another interesting one, and Sirenan that left um, Moses Suli as well. So it looks like they've lost a little bit of depth in their in their. Yeah, sorry, uh, well, their I'm team, only reading so. out stuff that's happened since GF, but yeah, I, I'll go through. Yeah, I should probably go through the rest of them as well. Yeah, so they've, they've lost a little and bit Curtis of depth Sirenan. in this team. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, injuries could absolutely disrupt. Uh, absolutely derail their season realistically just looking at what I'm looking at here um, but I expect them to be in the top four if all things being equal they, you know, they've got the, they had the bloke in the best form out of any player in the entire season DCE he was um, I think it was one of his better seasons actually as well last yep. year um, for, for a while Foran played extremely well considering that when he came back from the um, from the dogs Busted and beaten, and I think he played pretty much every game for Manly, so uh, that was interesting as well. And their forward pack matches up with most teams, uh, so I can't see them going 
backwards. So I think they're they're going to be in and around and um, troubling most teams for the majority of the season. I think if everyone everyone stays fit, they finish fourth. Uh, they uh, just the, the players that go is obviously I'm not close to, to anyone there, so I don't know. But it was interesting to see Custer go, let go and. But if, if all the guns turn up, they're going to finish fourth. A big year for Ola Kowatau, who was sensational uh, and will Absolutely. grow off that. Big year for Sipley, big year for Schuster, all those sort of players that it's now their it's essentially second year. Yeah. Time for them to step up. And uh, we'll see what Sabra can bring to the table, whether he has his hands or his feet on this year. Because uh, if he has his hands on, he's uh, one of the most exciting players in the game. Oli? With all players fit, I've actually got Manly finishing fifth. Now, that's just because Travojevic had such a good season in 2021, but a couple of teams worked him out towards the end of the year, specifically Melbourne and South Sydney. Other teams can now copy that blueprint. It's how Des Hasler and Tom Travojevic and Manly react to that. How much do you change the way he plays to keep him surprising other teams while still having him be as dominant as he is. It's a very fine line to tread and Manly have to figure that out. I'm saying they don't necessarily do so to the fullest extent. The other problem with that is though, like some teams just don't. I don't know why, but yeah. some teams just don't figure it out. And and they just assume... Because they're dumb. Like we'll yeah, sit here for three and a half hours like we're going to do tonight and tell everyone how they should play against him. And they can't work it out, whereas some teams, teams can. But yeah. yeah, and the thing is with Trevojevic as well. I don't know if they will be able to work it out against sure some of the lower teams. He can play exactly how he did last year and still be a world beater. But it's going to be a lot harder for him this year. And we very rarely see a Dalian Medal winner match the season they had the year before or surpass it. Even if they have a really good year, still hell, Teddy between 2018 and 2019, still had a great 2019. I wouldn't say it was as good as his 2018, though. It's a very rare thing. So I can't predict that Travojevic will be as dominant as he was in 2021, especially because Souths and Melbourne were able to work him out and devise a plan for him towards the end of the year. Other teams can sort of plan for that now. He will still be by far their best player. DC will be up there with him. Another thing for me about Manly is the four-pack. It is sink or swim for that forward pack this year. Not too dissimilar to Cronulla, what I was saying before. If they can sort of find their mesh, they've got a nice young forward pack for the next five to ten years. If not, Des Hasler might start asking a few players to start looking for other clubs. It really is sink or swim. And realistically, they do need to improve in that forward pack. There are still forwards out there that they can get to improve their squad. I can see Even by the end of this year, whether it's instant or whether it's for next year, I can Luke Garner ends up there. I think Tapao goes. Obviously, Sirin's already gone. So it's an interesting year. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, they just need sort of one sort of above average forward to go there and sort of kick them on with a bit of NRL experience. Not necessarily a veteran, but someone who's just been a around the game for a few years, consistently performed at that decent level just to go there and add that bit of spark to the forward pack because I feel like that would do the world of good for these young blokes coming through. Because at the moment, the only ones who are safe necessarily for 2023 are probably Jake Travojevic and Josh Schuster, realistically. Well, I the think Ola is pretty safe. 
Oh, sorry, Ola Kawatu as well. But the rest could be on the chopping block. But they're all very talented. It's just all got to come together. Galloway could be in England by round 12. But uh, it was mate Kate cast. It is mate Kate. Uh, yeah. Magic wand wise, probably a front rower. Probably for Neil Blake. That could be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, strike center for me. Someone like Katoni Staggs or uh, our mate from the Roosters. I've just got his name. Yeah, Joey Manu. Uh, take the heat off to, um, Tommy as well. He can just shovel that ball where if they start jamming when he's running from fullbacks, he can just shovel it on to someone like Katoni Staggs or Manu and they can do a bit of that hard stuff yeah. or some of the pretty stuff for him. But Well, Harper, yeah, Harper was up and down and old mate Hank was probably non-existent for any time I wanted him at least. So, yeah, that, that's a good call. That's a very good call. Just someone, imagine putting someone out. Yeah, imagine having Latrell outside of Tommy all the time. Like that's absolutely a scary thought. That is definitely magic wand. Let's head to Melbourne where they've signed Josh King from Newcastle. Nick Meany and Xavier Coates will be the wingers next year. Uh, Riley Jacks got released, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they've topped the peak of Everest and now they're on the slide down. Bellamy's a couple of years away from not being there. Uh, Hughes, is he still on the table? I think he is. He's still. He's got a player the table. option for the twenty twenty three and twenty four. I think. Yeah, I think it's fine, but he's got that player option. The cheese is going. Fanukan's gone. Uh, the Bromwiches are still there. I believe they've got a while yet. Uh, no, Jess, the Bromwiches are off contract at the end of this year coming. Jesse is, I know. Jesse is. Uh, and Lumi Lumi's gone, which you know, whatever. Uh. Wooden spoon, then. Obviously, I'm not predicting wooden spoon. I'm saying, I'm saying though, fourth or fifth. I'm saying a a little bit of the start of the descent. Uh, big year for Papenhausen to come back in and restamp himself and get going again. So, I I think they're fourth or fifth. Uh, I didn't need to struggle by any means because a lot of teams suck and they're going to be well drilled. They're going to be fit and they're going to. Still have Cheese and Harry this year, but uh, I think we're going to see the the top of the peak and next 2023 could be very interesting for Melbourne Storm. I agree wholeheartedly, to be honest. Um, Jerome Hughes, player options 24. He's actually signed for 22-23. Interesting to see where Nick Meany fits in this team. I'm not sure if they're going to play him at 14 or if he's just going to play for the Reggies. Um, Because... Pappenhausen fit. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not sure if he can play as a one. fourteen realistically. So he can play anywhere in the back five, which I think he'll probably start out Reggie, and that he's your first choice for a stand-in fullback, center, or winger. I think. That's who's the hanging, who's the other winger? Coates and Coates and he starts on the wing, doesn't he? George Jennings. Yeah, George Jennings. Do. No, might George take Jennings. George Jennings' spot. George. Uh, they might back George. Back George Jennings. They, they like. They like George. Uh, now, Coates starts for sure. Yeah. Again, a team that looks like they've lost a little bit of depth out of their squad. Um, and the guys that they've brought in, uh, questionable, realistically. Um, I don't think they made make it make it a better team than what they had last year. So, And they're... Uh, uh, and, um, uh, the the <laughs> second row that punched the lady. Uh, I can't remember uh, his name. Kamakamika will not. Kamakamika, yes. let, let's be honest, he's probably going to be here either. So there's another. 
he's not for at least half the year and he goes to court and we find out what happened there. But um, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a few question marks for me. I think they might even um, might be closer to the bottom of the eight than the top of the eight. I can't see them, I can't see them missing the eight, but I think they might even finish somewhere between sixth and eighth. Um, I think they might not be as strong as what they were last year. There's some things to come. Don't be surprised if Cheese starts playing some silly games and starts pushing to get out early, and or he might not. You know, I think he's pretty off with the the management there now. So <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how that plays out next year as well. So yeah, hundred uh, percent. And the only thing kept me from really stamping it like you have and going, nah, the. the is the fact the rest of the it's teams, Melbourne. the rest of the comp suck. Exactly. <laughs> and it's Melbourne. They just fucking do it every year, no matter what. Yeah. So. Exactly why I've got them third. And while I'm not tipping them to do it, I wouldn't be surprised if they still win the comp. Like, they are still Melbourne. And while they have regressed to an extent, sure, they've still got a lot of talent in there. Craig Bellamy's still the coach. And as we've said at Nauseam, pretty much the rest of the top eight's regressed as well. Like, and it's the thing, it's easy to go, well, Melbourne can't make the four, and you go, well, who's going to be the four? Yeah, exactly. They're still going to be thereabouts. Like, I genuinely do not think South Sydney, Manly, Cronulla, Parramatta, Brisbane, Titans, Canberra, any of those geeks can finish above Melbourne in 2022. Wow, honestly. the G word. It's <laughs> just a couple of questions I have. Obviously, you've got the <laughs> off-field issues with Munster. Um, he could come back a sure. million times better than what he was last year. He could come back not being the same player as he was. Uh, the question marks about the cheese, as I said. And if Munster does come back and he's not firing at the start of the year, they're just going to target Jerome Hughes, uh, yeah. realistically. Uh, he stamped himself as one of the better sevens going around. So he's, I don't be surprised if a lot of teams put a lot more pressure on him than he's, he's and, had and to you're losing, for the last couple and of you're years. And you're going from a team that started to build their whole attack around the sweeping Nico play to go back to the straight play with Through the middle with the hooker hooker Pappenhausen and if one of those hookers does want to be there oh it, it you know if, it, I, if only you had a, a wizard Harry to replace, they'll, turn, they'll turn teams inside out they'll make oh, Harry, teams look like idiots like it's it'll yeah. happen but Harry's yeah. every chance of winning a Dally M next year but I'm, yeah. I'm, that's not a, I'm not knocking him at all. Uh, Kamek is a big loss. I, I, like, he was sensational last year. He was really good. Yep. Yeah, he was. Absolutely, he was. Well, that's the and thing you're taking Fanukan out. And Nass might not play because he's a peanut and just won't have Doesn't a Doesn't get vaxxed, yeah. Nico. So, yeah. Josh had a car on the wing. Let's be honest, though. With Melbourne, as much as they'll regress or whatever, they're still going to beat pretty much each team in the bottom eight by 30. Let's be honest. They're still going to have about the best four and against Of course, and that's why I can't stamp any of it. They'll still beat the Titans by 40, and I'll cry, but, like, (laughs) I mean, it'll it'll still happen. Have you got a magic wand we need? (sighs) Bring back. Well, you don't need Cameron Smith, actually. Bring back. Who do you... it's Mel- yeah, it's Melbourne. Bring back Nico Hines, I guess. But even if Papanyazan gets injured, I still think Nick Meany can sort of slide in and sort of feed into that system relatively easily. Sort of sim- not to the same extent, but similar to Nico Hines. I think he's got that ability. For whatever reason, whenever they put 
um, Meany in at fullback at the Bulldogs. He'd have a good game, and then they'd put him back on the winger yeah, in the centers for whatever reason. It's the same reason Avarillo would have a good game at six and suddenly not be in the team. Munster at top form is their magic wand. If they can get him back at 100%, then they're, they're absolutely flying. Yeah. But um, someone of the best front rower in the game, one of, one of the two best front rowers in the game, Mo or Payne Haas would be the injection. Especially that now, I'd yeah. Christian Walsh is still going good. So. Christian Walsh is going good, but they do need another one. Uh, and two years is like we haven't met, like we did, but once Kofusi goes, once like two years' time is, is panic stations for Melbourne, I think. Yeah. I know we don't necessarily, but I feel like in general, Kofusi does go fairly underrated. He yeah. is. Oh, for sure. It's quite brutal. You take him out. You, you ta- that's what I'm saying. You take the players from this year out of this next two years, 2024, 2023 is, plus potentially Bellamy, is because uh, this is his last year coaching and he's got a coach option, doesn't he? You can yeah, move he to director or whatever, but he might just walk away as well and then it's massive panic stations. But we'll get to that this time next year. Newcastle. So not a lot going on at Newcastle, uh, apart from Mitchell Pearce going to the UK. Now, the, the, the latest mail was that they still want Brooks and they've now sort of decided... That the the sticking point was the, the price, and I think they're now willing to pay more for Brooks to get him there. Well, I, I, I can see... I can see what, exactly what's going to happen, is that they don't let him go to a Dewey's fit. And once Dewey's fit, they'll go, all right, you can have him from round 10. Well, I think the thing is, too, at least until he confirmed it, I think Newcastle were genuinely considering Corey Norman as well as a cheaper Oh, we didn't talk about Yeah, fill it. Well, I guess... Corey Norman retired, everyone. Sorry about that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it when we get to the Dragons, but I do think Newcastle were at least in talks with him for a little bit. They saw him as at least a cheaper option to Brooks, and I think that's why they weren't chasing Brooks as hard. But now that he's retired, like... I don't know. They could settle on Clifford and Clune for a year, but they're not going to make the eight anyway. So who cares? So yeah, we won't spend a lot of time here, but they're going to have Clifford and Clune. Ponga's probably going to walk out half of the year because they don't win a game, and O'Brien will be sacked, and then they'll finish last. So, is there any other options here? What's going on? Okay, guy helps in the centres. I would imagine. Well, we can tackle at least one side can tackle now. That's Nice. When when Ponga walks out halfway through the year, there's your fullback for the rest of the season. <laughs> More than likely. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't go into the market a lot harder than they have, to be honest. Um, that's they, why I believe. That's a, why I genuinely believe there's more to. I reckon this Brooks thing will. And I've heard literally listen to the interview of Denny Badiris where he said Brooks would be nice, but we can't talk about that and stuff like that. So it's yeah, right. I feel like it's going to happen, but it might happen to round 10. Yeah. I feel like Newcastle will be counting their lucky stars that North Queenslander in the comp so they don't win the wooden spoon. I think the forwards might get them a couple of wins. The Saifidi boys were good. Um, I, I feel like we might be talking about, towards the end of the year, the Saifidi brothers in the same vein as we were talking about Luke Thompson and Josh Jackson for the Bulldogs, how we were sort of taking the piss and talking about how much they deserve to be elsewhere. 
I feel yeah. like that might be the sentiment next year for the Sofidi brothers. So it's a magic wand, Andrew Johns. We've got Frizzell there. Yeah, Andrew Johns is <laughs> a pretty good fit. <laughs> or Lockyer or Thurston. You know what? <laughs> Apparently, though, you bring up Johns. Apparently, that's why they might be okay with persisting with Clune and Clifford because Andrew Johns is there. But I'll be honest, as good as a coach he'll be in that, you can't put stock in your halves just because of the guy you've got coaching the halves in particular, you've got to have them that have proven themselves at least one. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I actually think it'd be an amazing thing for Luke Brooks as a player to go up and work with Andrew Johns and be out of Sydney. And of course, I think he'd be tremendous because he's fast. He, there's a little, so much about Luke Brooks to like, but he just Cliff yep. has got potential. Clone showed little glimpses here and there at his time at St George, but it's not going to be enough. Let's face it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Warriors. Uh, uh, Lisa Arme retired. Near Corey signed there from 23. Luke Metcalf's going there in 23. Uh, Tanua Brown, Hayes Pernham, Hiku Lawton, Evans. Oh, Kane Evans has been dismissed to Hull. Uh, so, time of change at the Warriors. Ash Taylor's going quite well in his train and trial, I believe. So, probably going to end up with a gig there somewhere. Uh, what do we say about the Warriors? They just aren't they just the Warriors? They're just going to be if they play really well, they're going to be eighth or ninth. If they don't, they're going to be fourteenth. I mean, it, good on Ash Taylor. Like I do, honestly, want to see him do well. But other than him, <laughs> what have the Warriors done in the market other than lose a bunch of players that it's going to hurt them losing, and they've not replaced them with anyone else at the moment? I've got them fifteenth. They're not yeah, going to do much. Jesus Christ, Adam Fanula's Blake's back's going to be hurting. Oh, my God, because he's going to be – Sean Johnson's going there. It, 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 it is a smart move to have an experienced half in there with one of either. Well, that's the thing. Chanel if they Harris, can keep him on the field. That's, yeah. that's, that's, well, that's the, the thing. Tavita Harris has already essentially said, can you release me so I can go somewhere else? The reports were – a few months ago that Parramatta went and they oh. blocked it. Parramatta, well, both are uh, <laughs> quiet and Parramatta and quiet. I know they at least rejected Canberra, but Harris David has pretty much looked at their half situation and has thought I've not got a spot here in 2023. So you might as well. Re- I don't me. understand the Warriors logic because Warriors are still privately. I, I guess it's just run by, they're still privately owned, aren't they? So there's yeah. just two geeks there going, whatever. But they they've got their heart. They obviously had their heart set in Manu, which has fallen through, and it seems like their heart set on Brown. So yeah, they, to play they're just going to throw money at Brown and to hell to with everyone else. Walker, apparently, like yeah, what the hell? Like, <laughs> only until Johnson retires the year after. But um, Aaron Penne's big body, um, he'd probably help help out a little bit in the, that forward pack. You've got um, Curran and Tavanga who generally do their work. So. Uh, they'll get around the field for part of the season. The the big out was um, the second rower who was out for a fair chunk of the season there. Um, Tohu. Harris, Tohu Harris, who will add something coming back into that team. But again, if he if he gets injured halfway through the season, they're going to struggle. So um, I can't see him making an impression on this season, to be honest. And- I think um, they might get around the field a little bit better with Johnson giving them a little bit more. He's become more of a um, controlling half than what he used to be. So you might get him around the field. Well, but in, how, in how like, they get points the, out of well, the rest of the team, I'm not sure. There are teams that would cream their pants at the thought of having Sean Johnson play with Reese Walsh, but it's how you build the rest of your team is... And if that's Sean Johnson can control it, like I said, and just have Walsh chiming in. But 
we saw how much she got smashed at the back end of the house. I, 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 I half feel like there's a big second year syndrome coming for Reese Walsh. And yeah. I hope not, but like he, he'll get belted this year. He's just going to get hammered. And that's the thing, too. It seems like every player with a bit of promise at the Warriors or someone who could do something also has a very big history with injury. It, yeah. It's relatively realistic that every single one of their gun players could get injured this year. Well, so, very know, much. Magic one for the Warriors, get the best physio in the world in there. Like, <laughs> but they're very much. And you and Aiken in. and Masilla, Murdoch Masilla were okay last year, too. So I think, you know, the, the forward pack should go okay and match it half the time. But yeah, yeah I, I can't see a lot of points coming in there outside backs. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, Reese might get a bit hammered this year. And. Uh, we'll see where that all ends up, I suppose. Let's head to the North Queensland where they have managed to sign Peter Hiku from said Warriors to Noah Brown, uh, uh, Tyrese Woods and Chad Townsend who did not cover himself in any glory no. with his uh, little foray away from the Sharks. <laughs> um, Even at the Sharks last year, he probably only had... Yeah, last year was his, I would say last year was his worst year in count good games on one hand ever. It, yeah, oh, absolutely, because, by a long way too. It wasn't yeah, just a little bit; it yeah. was a long way. It's funny because it's a bit disappointing because before last year, I'd say he's gone relatively a, a little bit underrated, uh, not necessarily the last couple of years, but sort of between 2016 and 2019. I would have thought people have sort of underrated him, but it was like, better than half of the halves running around for. You know, between 16 and 2020, 2019. Yeah. You know, as I've said before, in 2019 for that game three, I genuinely would have taken him over Mitch, Mitchell Pierce. It, it was just no one was raving. Oh, so a, yeah, but the, the, uh, he's a premiership win halfback and deservedly. So that year he was tremendous. Was. And, every, and the two years in between were great. And then last year he just Fell off saw the, the cliff and went, I'm not just fucking falling. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going. Doing a Santon <laughs> bomb off it. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. Who knows? He could have had issues outside of football. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'd love to see him get back to his best. And it's realistically the only hope the Cowboys have got. <laughs> Even with him at their best, they're going to struggle very badly. So I can't see this team winning more than five or six games, to be honest. They're going to cook me a very nice stew next year with the wooden spoon. Like, I haven't, as I've said before, I've never been so confident in a team winning the wooden spoon than I am the Cowboys next year. You talk about long-term problems, sure. Uh, you've got the Tigers, Power and Bulldogs who have had the microscope on them because they are in Sydney, Brisbane, because they're in Brisbane. Cowboys are nice tucked away in Townsville, but trust me, their long-term problems are a lot worse than any other team in the comp. Mm. They finished in the bottom four ever since making the grand final in 2017, and I don't see them finishing out of the bottom four for at least the next two to three years. And I think this is rock bottom in 2022, and they win that wooden spoon. I've said it in the bold predictions, end of the year, Jason Tamoro is gone. He'll have a great World Cup for Tonga or whatever, probably spend half the year out with whichever hand he wants to break this time. Unfortunately, still a great player. Peyton will play him for 30 minutes a game. And I'm going to say Peyton's probably the first coach sacked as well because they they are just going to be woeful. I feel, and I feel bad for Todd because I really obviously love Toddy, but I don't, I don't see the upside. Uh, and we'll just move on because they're wooden spooners. And I actually don't see any light at the end of any tunnel. So, Bauer for now was probably going to be the highest try score. 
All right, and he might get ten if he's lucky. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. If you cleared out all the dead wood from the Cowboys at preseason next year, you've probably got Taumalolo, Tabuai Fido, and Holmes. Murray Tulangi, maybe. Yeah, to right. a couple of the young blokes, but you've definitely got less than ten players there. So, and it looks like it looks like it's on the cards. Going to lose both their their soon to be gun second rowers. You'd keep Val Holmes if he actually has a go next year, but that's questionable. Well, and he's on a million, so they have to sit down and go, well, is Val worth a million? Should we let him go play for well, the same 750 for... but... No, he's, he... he'll end if up they... on 500 somewhere in a couple if of years. Can be a gun again. Although it would be detrimental for the Tigers, unless they can get Papi'ihi, if they can somehow get Luciano Leilua for next season, all the better. They need him. Oh, absolutely. They need him. <laughs> You're not wrong. With the uh, likes of Mitchell Dunn and Lachlan Burr and Ruben Cotto running around in the back row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like honestly, like that like let's be honest, this is a club that had their hooker playing fullback last year. <laughs> how how well right. you get, and play well. <laughs> but how well are you going in life? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Penrith. So they've signed Sean O'Sullivan. They've lost kick out for two years' time. Tyron May's been sacked. Uh which apparently is only temporary. And oh, really? uh, okay. no, there was Mel that they're bringing back in two years. Lost Burton. He knows the coach. So after he's fucked around and had the best time of his life in France for two years, God damn it! Why can't I go to the Catalan Dragons? Anyway, sorry. Way to, well, you need to get a contract because they're social media manager. Oliver, that's how it works. Um, and then down Burton. the obviously down the road, they're going to lose Kickout. They've lost Burton. Uh, not Kickout. Well, they're going to lose Appy as well. I should say. Uh, TPJ was great for him at the back end. He's going. Um, where are Penrith at? Is it a blessing that the rest of the comp fucking suck and they will be fine? Yes, yes it 100%. is. 100%. And they've got the best half back in the game and there it is. Can't say I'm missing the top four. Um, their pack's still pretty much as strong as most of them running around. As you mentioned, they've got the best half back in the comp. Um, the 5-8 was hit and miss at the back end of the year, but the majority of the season up until Origin, he was probably close to the best 5-8 running around. Um, the, he did disappear. Uh, his finals were right, Lua, but yeah, his like finals he got better. But between like Origin, between the end of he, Origin, yeah. he, was, he was the off season's doing him the world of good. I'll put it that way. Dylan yeah, Edwards so. is my question mark. Um, if I could find a, a number one to replace him, I would. Um, I can see it being Crichton long term, but I think we'll see what I they think do he, there. I think they'll get rid of him this year. Edwards is still very safe though. Like he still runs for about two hundred meters a game. Oh, absolutely. Oh, he, just, he had some. You career. need an X factor fullback, man. He had if you're going to be. I know. Sure. In that team, the way he, he had is. some of his career best games this last year, absolutely did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but from where he came from two years ago, where he just had the yips and was awful. He was. I thought he was outstanding for Dylan Edwards last year. Can Crichton win them more games? He won a maybe comp- one or two, but I don't know if he brings the same thing to the table. Eighty minutes, twenty six rounds every week. I don't think so, personally. From what I've seen, they were chucking- twelve months in the position. I reckon he would. Well, look at the couple of games he played at fullback last year. By the end of all the games, they were. Shoehorning Charlie Staines in at fullback. Yeah. Now he's even, actually, you know what? Charlie Staines will probably start on the wing next year just because of all the players Penrith have let go. 
like let, let's be they probably will give him a second chance at least at the start of the year that's the feeling i get with the players who are leaving mm-hmm. the club because Crichton's not going to be a winger anymore he's going to go back into the centers because not only have they lost burton they've lost paul Momorowski now which why they let him go i don't know they said it's because isaac tago's coming through but isaac tago would have started in the centers alongside Momorowski anyway so it's going to be Crichton and Tago and you're going to have to bring in Charlie Staines because you got no one else to play in the wing unless you want to go all in on the other Jennings brother who isn't at Melbourne yeah Robert who is fine he's fine he's fine he is he he got top try score in like three years ago or something yeah, I think for yeah, South, so yeah, he's not yeah. bad but yeah but the, I don't know interesting couple of years coming up for him it's I think they still make top four I think they'll, it's not panic stations yet but they could still win the comp just because of how shit the rest... If they were in it... I'm tipping right now Panthers-Roosters grand final. And the thing is, Penrith could be the first team to go back-to-back without with minimal changes to their squad since Canberra in 89-90 because the Roosters signed Crichton and Morris and they had significant changes to their team in a couple of positions between 18 and 19. Penrith could be that first team to actually not really change their 1-17 to that much and still go back to back just because of how shit the rest of the comp is and they just need to win one game against the Roosters. That's yeah. that's what uh, it is. Magic for- Wand, if I could give them one, it'd be keep TPJ for the year. Wouldn't yeah, right second row. Yeah, keep him there and he, he was outstanding for them. Obviously, we've talked about him before. Well, and- just as you mentioned, um, Adokawa on a wing or something. <laughs> yeah, and a, as a I mentioned, good a fullback yeah. winger, and the next year it's going to be hooker because it's going to be interesting. A what defensive centre because but... it it got smothered over, but those games they lost, and even the games the Tigers beat them, their outside backs were defensively awful, and they got exposed at times. But I guess they smothered it up and and, and obviously fixed it by the end of the year. But there's cracks. There's cracks there. Whoever might expose it, I guess we'll see. But uh, anyway, we'll get to the Dragons, who have George Burgess coming in, Gazowski coming in, Corey Norman retired in a podcast form, two hundred and whatever games he played, and there he was, um, left and just decided, nah, I can't be fucked anymore. Good on him. Uh, Jared Beal got released is the major news and obviously they've signed all the dad's army stuff they're going to come in hook's going to have fun with his old crew i'm sure they're going to have a very nice time uh, and they'll probably run 13th anything you can talk about here the dragons are a team that i feel like will frustrate me a lot in 2022 because i've said it before other than brisbane or penrith in terms of the juniors coming through they've got the best in the comp there is a great team will probably win New South Wales Cup or whatever and maybe the state championship because there'll be players playing in that competition that should be playing in first grade that aren't because Hook's playing his boys. That There's so much potential there at the Dragons at a, at a very big stretch. If they were to play all the right players and those junior players coming through were to hit their stride, eighth is just within reach. But I don't think Hook's going to give them that opportunity He's not going to play any of the young guys coming through who sort of, a few of them got a sniff last year. Um, but again, they weren't played enough to get that real chance to cement themselves as first grade players. I'm a bit surprised. The young fullback they've got coming through is, it's not a Monet, it's Sloan. 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 He's got start, to start. Start. Yeah. And if I was Hook, I'd be coming out like now and going, 
he's going to be our fullback all year and like just rubber stamping it. Yep. And except you're going to have a couple of fuck ups and you're going to get beat by 40 some days and there's going to be grubbers that find him out. But over the course of the year, he's going to bring you more points than Matt Dufty. 100%. Maybe ever. And then you've got the two brothers, the center wingers. The Monets. That, um, is it them? Yeah, the no, guys. The Fagos. Fianese. No, no, it's uh, however voice you pronounce it. Fianese. Yeah, they need to be in that side as well. But um, they've lost a few that are, are going to hurt. Um, Paul Vaughan. Well, he was their leader in the front row until um, Barbecue Gate and all the rest of that. And Aaron Woods isn't going to do what he was doing <laughs> during the season. He, he'll do a job, but he's not going to do what Vaughan was doing. Um, they've lost Clune, which is back up. Dufty, it'd be interesting whether Sloan puts out the same as what Dufty was doing at different times. And McGinnis, obviously, is a big loss. Uh, I think they might struggle. Their middle might have a few issues in defence. George Burgess is in a bad pickup, um, depending on how he's come back from his hip resurfacing fucking surgery or whatever it was that he had. Yeah. Jaden Sewell is probably the best pickup they've got out of the lot, whether he um, whether he plays to his uh, he's a, he's potential ultimate, or like, not. If, if you're picking one you want to watch this year, yeah. Sewell's either going to stand oh, he's a potential player, yeah, player or he's not. And it's... He could go through the roof or he could um, go missing like he did at different times for South uh, during the year last year. But um, yeah, I don't hold a lot of hope for the Dragons, to be honest. If you're going to wave a realistic wand, what you want is you want Hunt, Lomax and DeBellin fit for 26 rounds and that's Absolutely. your best hope. And, and yeah. that's, that's what you want. Interesting to see if um, if Debellin comes back match fit and back to somewhere near how he was going before he was um, put on hold by the NRL. It could be interesting. He could be um, one of the better back rowers in the comp. Mm. Where do you see Mboy playing for these guys? Think oh, I think he starts six. Or... Actually, probably. I was going to say 14, but actually, realistically, he's just starting six unless you're going to back a... Um... Uh, Sullivan. You could have uh, unless, you, unless you back him, yeah. I think Bird's going to 13 from what I've heard. I think he starts um, six. Yeah. So, be interesting to see, I guess. Well, Sullivan would be a seven anyway, so... I'm pretty sure he's going to start at six. Oh, and they get some. They do get some strike in um, Sully. Oh, 100%. It's just a mean old player. But he just needs early ball and a bit of time to warm up because if he gets flat ball, he gets, he gets generally gets belted. He needs he needs about ten meters to warm up and get going before he gets a defensive ball. Yeah, so. and I think I think the other thing is is give DeBellin a job. Don't fuck him around playing him at prop and. Lock, yeah, no, say, he's got to play back row or something. Say you, you're playing Absolutely. 12 or 13 and that's it, and that's yeah. where you're going to be. Hopefully, you know, I, 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 as a, I guess as a person, like Hook, and I hope it comes good, but it's uh, concerning. Well, that's the, the dog's thing. just ripping my lounge apart. I'm I can hear it. No, we'll, have, we'll have a quick break because I'm assuming your back teeth are both floating. All right, we head to you're south. The, uh, yes, we are heading to the rabbits. Uh the GF team from last year. So the mail round lately was a little bit of discussion about whether Latrell might head to 5-8, which I don't necessarily hate. It's a different game there. Uh, Milford's contract's been put on hold, given his yes. current charges. Cam Murray was named captain, which I think we all half predicted. There's a, we, I think we all said there's only two hopes. It, it, Cook. I, I, I was surprised it wasn't Cook, to be honest, just because of the... The age and the experience. Mm. I think it's a great thing to just rubber stamp someone. I I, I loved it. I love it. Hard not to. 
from me, that just looks like them saying to Cam Murray, you're our man for the next 10 years. Like, 100%. You're, you're our bloke. So. And he's not going to, as if he's ever going to let you down. No. Doesn't look like it. And they've picked up Chi Cam from the Tigers, so <laughs> there it is. He'll probably play right. What do you mean, another Tigers player that should have been playing first grade probably all year that they've let go? Mm, Uh, Anyway, uh, thoughts on South? I think, well, it's on record already. don't need to really dwell on it. Uh, Adam Rounds is a massive loss for them. I think their window is probably on the closing end, similar to Melbourne. I think it's shut. uh, Because I don't think they can win a comp without... Adam Reynolds, because there's too many pumpkins, as stated previously, as your dog tries to do whatever he's trying to do to you there, <laughs> Barn. Uh, so I think they're going to be fine. Again, they're, they're going to be a lot of shit teams by a lot of points, and they're going to yeah. get beaten uh, by some good teams. And the real thing will be how much Latrell and Cody Walker can stay on the field and not be suspended. Fuck off. And that will be what, as yeah. we've lost by to a Labrador. Ollie, uh, anything to add on the pumpkins that we call the South? Uh, well, just interestingly, I think it was about two weeks ago, Ben Hornby jumped on the Rabbitohs radio podcast. Yeah, right. Shout out to them. A couple of ex-players, uh, Steve Maven, I believe, is the main host on there. A couple mm-hmm. of the other guys as well. Uh, he jumped on there. He's currently South's halves, halves coach. And he confirmed via the podcast that at the moment, Lachlan Ilias is leading the race to start at halfback mm-hmm. next year, which I thought it would have been Blake Taff. Of course, he didn't confirm that he will be the halfback next year, that he's currently leading the race. So we'll see what happens there in the new year. But again, it's sort of like Melbourne. South Sydney will finish fourth and finish in the top four just because so many other teams are crap. Like... <laughs> Yeah, they and regressed. they're going to beat. But they 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 led the four and against last year, didn't they? Like they beat so many teams by so much. But when the push comes to shove, you know the pumpkin's going to go on a couple of those blokes, and that's what they're going to miss rounds for. And as part of my bowl prediction, I actually tipped Latrell Mitchell to win the Dalian Medal, just because now they've lost one of the guys who would have taken a lot of points from him. The other guy who could take points from him has been weakened. In Cody Walker because Adam oh, Reynolds has left, the and as he said, get a point every week. Exactly. Well, he's really the only one he can test with. Maybe Damian Cook. If Latrell's not getting suspended, though, it might be Cody Walker. So that might also help Latrell. So that's what I'm thinking there. But if South Sydney are any chance of winning the comp, shock and horror, even more than ever, Latrell's going to have to carry them hard. Oh, I, I, I will love in this year line, if, uh, if if they win the comp on the back of Latrell, I th- I will. It'll be a Jared Hayne effort. It'll be amazing. But yeah. he's capable of it. I hope so. But we'll see. But oh, they're gonna have to play um they're gonna have to play a lot quicker than what they did through their forwards this year, to be honest. They're gonna need very quick play the balls. They're gonna need Cook jumping in and um, Walker and Latrell off the back of that, uh, running real quick, short passing off the back of the dummy half. And it, it's gonna revolve around the dummy half unless this young kid that's playing seven is some sort of superstar controlling uh, halfback, they're going to struggle because the kicking game, I can't see a kicking game unless it's, unless this young kid's got a kicking game. I can't see anybody else doing it. Um, Walker struggles with the kicking game. Latrell's got a long boot, but it's not very accurate. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure he's going to be able to put it down into the corners the way that uh, Reynolds used to do, which um, sort of changed, their game plan is going to have to change. So does Tay fit anywhere so, but fullback? 
he came through as a half. Well, apparently he was half a five eight. eight. Yeah. So and what do you have to you have to yeah. play Cody? You can't play seven, Cody as a seven. Cody can't play seven. Yeah. Well, they need to find a seven, I think. Um, well, I think I think that, yeah. The little suggestion is yeah, Cody and Latrell and Arves, which I would love because there'll be some games that will be amazing. But then you have, you have Latrell defending the front line, and obviously we know that he loves playing twenty minutes a game, not eighty. Then you lose a lot out of Cody as well because then yeah. Cody becomes a catch pass kind of guy, whereas yeah. that's not his go. He's the bloke who's wrapping around people, running at holes, putting other people through holes. If so. you're going to do that, you're almost better having Latrell. If you're going to just do that to Crowbar Tafe in, you're almost better just moving Latrell back to the centers back where you can play yeah, second absolutely. receiver anyway yep. and wrap around that and let him just be Latrell. Yeah. So they're gonna, I think they're going to have to play a lot quicker through the play of the ball and they're going to have to come off the back of Cook. He's yeah. going to basically give them that bit of extra space and time coming out of dummy half. I think uh, I don't think they'll be as competitive as what they were this year. I can't see them making the grand final, and I think they'll be somewhere around fourth, fifth at the end of the season. Yeah. But uh, um, they've got a forward pack that'll go with most of them, and they'll probably dominate at different points through their forwards. But I think they're going to struggle in the halves. Uh, yeah, my magic wand would probably be Adam Rounds. <laughs> or the other two that we've been talking about Yeah, yeah, well, yeah <laughs> uh, Big year for Demetrio Andrew John Big year for the professor uh, It's, you know it, Interesting to see it, it, There's lots of exciting angles Which, you know, three hours into a show We can probably talk about But we will well, we talk about We can turn more. a fucking 45 minute discussion into three hours mm. are we gonna that's, have that's been proven are we gonna have to split this into two shows part one and part <laughs> nah fuck it too much effort i'm just gonna post it uh all right anything to add for south so we're, we're all saying there but here's the thing okay if, we'll get to it at the end look at the roosters though the big signing news though is in a couple of years as uh chris lynn just hits another he's eight six or something uh Cameron's brother, Brandon Smith, has signed at the Roosters in two years' time, which is massive. But for this year, they've picked up Momorowski and Neguama in the centres. As uh, Ollie sits here with his cock in his hand, that's <laughs> not what I expect. Here come the Roosters. <laughs> what was the show Vinny used to watch? Bread. They used to put the money in the chicken at the end of the show. There's a reference for everyone older than me. Um, this year they get, what, $6 million worth of salary cap back. Uh, and they haven't spent much of it. No, that's me. Well, they've got Naguama and Morovsky. Morovsky's won, I think, the comp last four years. So Renew for Tony. So. Renew for Tony, so there it is. Um, they win the comp, don't they, Barn? Oh, they've got to get close. Um <laughs> That's a seriously good-looking uh, football team that they're going to be putting out most weeks. Apart, unless they get cop the injuries and all the rest of it like they have um, last season, I can't see them missing sort of the top two or three spots in this competition. Uh, they're, they're number seven slash number six. Is Kiri is the big question mark. He's realistically one or two head knocks away from retirement. So uh, that, that's an interesting one. Um, I believe, though, sorry, Barney, in our bold predictions, you did pick him to win the Dalian medal. I did. With or I hope he has a blinder of a year. Yeah, I, I hope he stays fit. I hope he doesn't cop any head knocks. And realistically, when he's on his game, he's one of the best halves in the game. Um, he's very creative. He's very quick. And he's um, he can pick out the right pass to throw at the right time. So um, on the back of a extremely good forward pack, 
and some young up-and-comers. I'm interested to see how Suwali fits into this team and what, what kind of output you're going to get a, get out of him at the end of the year. Tony's a good pickup. Connor Watson gives them a bit of X-factor mm. coming off the bench. I expect mm, him to play 40. at 14. Best 14 in the game. Absolutely. Sam Walker showed what he can do. Um, obviously, still a young kid and is, needs to sort of prove himself. As well, there's a two ways it goes. So, no, well, is that or they go, right, Kiri, you're in charge of assume he plays seven. Walker goes to six. And then they go, right, the chains are off for you, Sam, because what mm. will happen is every second time... Um, Sorry, I just watched catch here. Uh, every second time, Teddy's going to play first receiver anyway, or yeah. it goes the other way and they put Kiri to six and leave Walker in charge. So that's going to be one of the most interesting things of the year, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, yeah, thinking about it, they might actually put Kiri into seven just because when he decides to cut the kid out, they'll cut the kid out and they'll um, mm. go to Tedesco or Manu and just leave him out of the place. But um. They're seriously good footy side, man. I'd be very surprised if they missed the top two, to be honest. The Roosters have three realistic avenues this year. They either beat Penrith in the grand final, they beat Melbourne in the grand final, or somehow they get a – fingers crossed they don't touch wood, they don't – get a bunch of injuries this year and they somehow miss out that way. They – this is the team that benefits the most from everything we've been talking about, about the rest of the top eight regressing yeah. because the bottom they're, eight they're that have progressed are still nowhere near the Roosters. Essentially, just Lindsay Collins back. Yeah, it, it, it is just about at the point, not quite, but just about there where if the Roosters don't win the comp this year, it's a failure. It, it's sort of you're scratching your head at the end of the year other than injuries. And that'll be anything that beats him. And, and, but Robbo's so clever that it won't be a thing, that he won't it won't be a discussion. But for all us geeks looking at it from the outside, yeah. it'll be, oh, well, here they are. They're expected. But you're going to get a fit Takiyahu who played a whole year busted. Tupanua played on an edge with no support. Uh, Manu's going to be a full-time centre, hopefully, Lindsay Collins coming back, a, an Australian front rower. Uh, Crichton ascending to, he's now sort of ascended to the best back rower in the game officially. Uh, it's, uh, who plays lock for him? I don't think of it now. You have Connor Watson darting in and playing 40 minutes. You're going to have Sam Farrell's there for this year. You're going to get Cheese next year, which is... Victor Radley plays. Oh, oh, there, oh that fella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, him. Okay. So, yeah, they should be all right. Tony, it's 15 or 16. Well, well, that's the thing too, right? We talk about how the Roosters have got all these players coming back and that's how they've improved. They have also done savvy business for 2022. So, signings that they're not necessarily all stars, but they will improve their squad. Can you tell us, Ali, you got a bit of finger on the pulse there. How good has Kevin Naguama been in England? Over in England, obviously, like he's not a great defensive player, let's be honest, but over in England, he just won their equivalent of the Clive Churchill medal playing centre in a grand final and absolutely tore it to shreds. Like yeah. as an attacking player, he still got it. And I guess that's the best thing about Super League. If you're an outside back going to Super League or a centre, you're probably not going to lose too much form there because you're going to have the freedom to run right. He has not lost a step, at least in Super League over there. He is going to at least be a decent backup to either of the centers or the wingers, if he needs to be, or at a stretch fullback, they've got depth there in the Gama. 
They've been playing on the wing outside of fucking yeah. outside yeah. of Joey Manu and fucking yeah. <laughs> Angus Crichton on that left edge. Well, the thing is, too, you look at like the oh, other yeah. side for, for, for yeah, he slots, he takes over Ikevalu as a better Ikevalu. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot Ikevalu. Yeah, yeah, he probably starts then on the wing, and you've also got Momorowski, who now that two Morris power is, on the other wing. Yeah, mm. now that Morris is gone, probably the best defensive center in the comp. Not saying he's the greatest in the world, but now no, that absolutely Morris is Morris is gone, yep. they've yep. brought him back in. From a premiership winning team as a role play, bring him yeah. back in. Ran off a Tony, I believe, during last year, Barney, when he was off contract, and there were talks that he might go to Cronulla. I think you were all for it, and I mean, oh, absolutely, he, he yeah. was more of a, a bigger fish in a smaller pond for the Bulldogs. But now the Roosters in that system, coming off the bench, all of the pressure is off him. It was three or four weeks there. He was close to the best back row in the game there. He yeah. was making 30, 40 tackles and damaging with the ball. It was either 2017 or 2018 where he had his breakout year and probably for about five weeks there was the Bulldogs' best player. Like, he has got the talent and he's still got years in him. Coming off the bench for the Roosters, that's going it, to – it's almost unfair how good the Roosters are. I know people talk about the cap and that, but they lose as many players as they gain and that, but they're just a savvy team. They get players on unders, and I've not even got to Connor goddamn Watson. Like, oh, my God, he's going to be the best four team in the world in yeah. that squad at the Roosters. He's going to be he's so – But I it's, know like, it's even like – but what, what you're but saying like, is right in that even in signing the cheese, he just goes, oh, I want to play for a club that we're going to win the comp. And Lockie Lamb probably plays yeah, reserve grade and signed, would start for half he, of the team. He took Lockie Lamb's let's, off the UK. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's be honest, cheese is probably on 800, and he could have got a million somewhere. And he just oh, said, and the um, Lamb's old man come over and said, That's not happening. No, I think he's signed now. Uh, oh, like, okay. they're, again, they're a second for whatever reason. Uh, Adrian Lamb's coaching him, but again, that's a whole other thing of playing. Adrian Lamb come out and said it's all bullshit. This is the last I heard about it. Adrian but... Lamb at this point will probably end up taking over from Trent Robinson. That seems to be no, because th- there is a lot of mail that he'll be back soon and they're scouting. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, yeah, they're going to win the comp. We all agree. They don't need a magic wand, but let's move on. They'll it's, win the comp. Yeah, yeah they own their, They have. They Uncle Nick already has a magic wand, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to the Tigers, who have done very little for this year. All the all the talks around Luke Brooks, which we've talked about, but more importantly, in twenty twenty three, they've got Appy and Papa He Sheens is back. And assigned two big guns for 2023, which is very good to see. Uh, for next year, though, do we do we have much to talk about here? Or you got the two about... guys coming back from Wigan. Oh, Wigan, and yeah, and we've got. Uh, and you've got Peachy coming in as well. Peachy, Guildhart, Hastings, Jackson Hastings. I think it's exciting time, only because I need something to be excited about, but. Uh, <laughs> Talking to a, some guys who have kids in the junior program, apparently is really an amazing program. Uh, the the facilities are great. The, it's just the only thing letting down is first grade. The junior comps are all doing really well. You're going to put Appy and Puppy here and there in two years' time. Wouldn't be surprised if potentially Puppy turns up halfway through next year. Uh, if everything goes to plan, I hope Madge keeps his job this year and can tee up 2023 and... Bring us some joy, Barn. Looking from an outside looking in, what are you thinking? Who we missing for the first ten to twelve rounds is um, it probably hurt to be honest. Mm. Um, I think Hastings might take a few weeks to find his feet, and I'm not sure that um, 
your mate with the number seven on his back, Brooks, is going to give him much help at the start of the season, to be honest. Um, Peachy's a good pickup. He adds a bit of X factor in the halves. And a yeah, bit at of least he has points because the one thing you can say is how many times last year Tigers in the game first 20 and just couldn't get a try, whereas Peachy yeah, has. Yeah, and they sort of look lost, whereas even though Peachy doesn't have a lot of structure about him, he can he's got break a, he's a got hole. Six he can, if, you yeah. have, if you have 60% possession, Peachy's going to get some points. You can sort of bob around and put somebody away or yeah. create half a hole and get you a quick play of the ball. Whereas um, you, you did struggle for that at different times during last season. Yeah. Uh, be interesting to see how, see how Oliver Gildart matches up against the centers uh, in the NRL. Uh, I'm not sure. Where, I, I sort of see him being basically around where they were this year, maybe improving one or two positions, but. I can't see massive improvement on, and I can't see him falling away too badly either. So I think it'll be um, much of the same of what you had this year, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think they'll be better than last year. Magic wand. Well, well, if I had a magic wand, actually, if I had a magic wand, I'll take uh, Mo Fortawaker. Front row. Him no, and Stefano in a front row would oh, you bring might. me joy. But, uh, I think you need a nine more than anything else, to be honest. Well, that's um, coming in two years. Just, so, yeah. to, just to yeah. set up the the role for Yeah, the, but... the service from both is pretty average last year, to be honest. When you look back at it. Yeah. Simpkins had a little few moments. and little, I think Little was exposed last year, easy he is, and he might be in England quite soon. But he's probably a better defender than Simpkins, and Simpkins he is, is he better is. in attack. So oh, yeah, not not just defence, you know, but service stuff. and speed and... Yeah, creativity is, you know, he's not Harry Grant. So. Yeah, with the Tiger signings, for one, I think Peachy's a, a great signing to cover all bases. And get, look, actually, look, yeah, look. if I had a magic wand, I'd just have Harry back. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Harry, come back. It's the thing, build up. Let's say he doesn't hit the ground running straight away within the first five weeks or whatever. You've got a ready-made replacement in Tyrone Peachy as well. So I like the cover there that he gives. He'll be the 14 starting out, come out, play that sort of Moses Embai role from last year, uh, a bit of lock. Look, on Gilda, essentially what I can say is over in the UK, easily the best centre in Super League. In 2018, when he made his debut for England in that three-match series against New Zealand, which was pretty much a side full of NRL players, for three games, he essentially made them look like geeks, and one player of the series. That's all you can say about him so far. Yeah. Not played in the NRL. And you know what? If you're going to buy a player from Super League, he's got decent stocks over there. We'll see how he goes here. That's all you can say. Might not hit the ground running straight away. He might have a blinder straight away. That's just what happens with players from England, right? It, it's happened no matter the position or whatever. When players come over, it's very much hit or miss. You've just got to kind of see how it plays out when it happens. Jackson Hastings, the biggest thing for me, not only did he become a game-controlling half over in the UK, but from all accounts, Adrian Lamb, and I think Bevan French said so in an interview as well, I don't expect to see him back in the NRL anytime soon, that he was a leader. Leader, yeah. He wasn't their captain, but he was a leader. And so one thing and Tigers haven't had, and has watched uh, Tiger Town and everything in yeah. between. <laughs> it doesn't matter what league you're playing in or whatever, leadership it doesn't if you've got that leadership then it'll work and when you have a player like James Tarmo who was supposed to be the captain who said he was afraid as Adrian said to uh yell at players then if you've got someone coming in with a good rep of leadership that that probably can only do good 
that's probably the big thing I can say about Hastings because at least in the UK, he's proven himself as well. But at the moment, that's his biggest contributing factor that he's got that leadership and he can roll players up. If you can do that at the Tigers, that's what they need. It's a usual story about the Tigers is that, you know, you lose whatever, five, six games by less than four, six, eight, whatever, and the leadership gets you over the line. The two games against the Warriors are the ones that come to mind, but all the rest of it. You have a bloke that's going to grab the game by the balls and go, if you fuckers don't follow me. Like, We're going here yeah. and you're coming with so me. It's, I don't think they would, but let's just say they do a Tiger Town again this year. No, How definitely. Would, I think it's guaranteed they're not. Uh, yeah. But let's just say hypothetically you saw Jackson Hastings putting a proverbial proverbial rocket asses <laughs> each game at halftime and they're not pulling it out, you're probably going to be more confident in him and in turn the side, right? Yeah. Like, which yeah, which, mate, which um, exposes Luke Brooks when he sits there like a geek. and yeah. Apparently Mr. Sheens has come out and said it won't happen on my watch and if I was there, it never would have fucking happened in yeah. the first place. <laughs> so, like, Tim, Sheen, Tim Sheens would be the one in the dressing shed tearing them all down. That's More what, than likely, yeah. But I, uh, I haven't actually watched the last episode yet, so... I might get to that now. You still haven't watched it? No, I've watched it. It's just disappointing after that. Yeah, it doesn't get any better in the last episode. (laughs) Spoiler alert, they finish 13th and get flogged by the Bulldogs in the last game. That's why I can't bring myself to watch. I might watch the test in between and laugh at Kawaja. Anyway, we've got uh, got through 16 teams. It's been... uh, we spent much more time than we should have, but hey. Absolutely. And today this show's about entertaining ourselves and talking rugby league and... Having to be, and hopefully everyone that's stuck along for the ride has stuck along this far. Uh, it has been another big year. We're about to wrap it up. We'll catch up over New Year's for a beer. We'll be back in New Year's, I believe. The next thing on our agenda is a super uh, early prediction super coach chat. Uh, then we head into trials. We'll do a full season preview with uh, Gumpy wants to come back on board. So Gumpy will be back in New mm-hmm. Year. Uh, can we do a Super League preview episode just so I can feel smart for once? Yeah, go for it. Find someone else still with you and you're, you <laughs> you're <off>. in. <laughs> you and Flobs will do a Super oh, That'll be insane. Uh, but it has been a pleasure. Uh, uh, I will, I'll do my sign-off and I'll hand to you guys to do it next. But uh, I want to thank both you guys for the last 12 months. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a hard of my week to discuss Rugby League with two fellow Rugby League nerds and uh, the rugby league unit has got around us from uh, all the things I can't get through all of them but I want to thank Grey Gums Colonial especially for hosting us most of the time uh, folks like Dan Payne Tony Bowens uh, all the rugby league community that's got around us with their social events and I'm sure we'll be back again uh, and everyone that's written in give us some feedback and support us and listen to the show uh, the numbers did grow Believe it or not, uh, Gaz, who supported us through PCTC, who will indeed be our official partner next year for our tipping comp, uh, and everyone else involved in between. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the ride, and thank you very much. I'll hand to you first, Ollie, for anything you want to say. 
Uh, yeah, well, if you can in the next season, um, as well as listening to Footy and Froffies, if you can, it'll be great if you could help out by uh, listening to Rugby League, in my opinion, the podcast or watching on YouTube. I'm hoping to get more consistent, at least with the YouTube channel over the next year. But most importantly, as long as you stick with us here on Footy and Froffies, we'll be still here every week, probably providing you with, don't know why you guys listen, but the same content each and every week. So we won't be changing that much. The only difference is we'll be back at the Grey Gums or every now and then at the Colonial. Um, but other than that, yeah, if you can, that'd be great. But just make sure you stick with footy and froffies. That's the main thing. Yep. And if you even shared our show once upon a time in your Rugby My Opinion page, uh, we might have been better off. But hey, who knows? Barney, anything to add before you sign off? Mate, they listen because we pull apart a game of footy better than most of them out there. We love doing it. We enjoy getting together, having a chat, having a beer. They're off the off camera banter and all the rest of the rubbish that goes along with it. The whole idea of this basically was to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody out there that's got around us. Um, if you can, please leave us some feedback, get involved on the socials, give us some topics to talk about. We're more than happy to talk about it. And we've enjoyed uh, putting out the content for you guys to listen to. So Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yep. And uh, I don't have much more to add. Thank you, everyone, for the support. As I've said, leave us some feedback across all media and we will talk to you in the year. Have a safe and happy New Year's Eve and we'll chat to everyone very shortly. Catch you soon.